0: is free talk live welcome to the program you can join the show all you gotta do is join us on the phone line 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 in the studio here tonight we've got ian bonnie and nikki Coming up tonight, uh, we're going to get into some jail related stories. Nikki, you wanted to talk about a lady jailed for 13 days before they found out that it wasn't who they thought they had? Yep. Is that
1: right? Same name, different lady.
0: Yep, so we'll get into that story, and Bonnie has a story about re- rela- uh, fixing relationships that have been burned up over political disagreements, which has happened to a lot of people, especially over the last two years during COVID, when people went ultra insane. I mean, they already had the Trump derangement syndrome for the last four or five years, but then they just went off the- completely off the deep end.
2: And so- it's perfect, for- because I'm a relationship expert, I have one... Happy customer. And if you want to call in and ask for relationship advice, you can call 603 283 6160.
0: Indeed. So uh, 603 283 6160. In fact, we're going to go to the phones first up, and then we'll also talk about New Hampshire exit because it is the eve of the big day, the big hearing uh, in front of the full state house that is expected to happen tomorrow. But uh, first, Mark is on the line, our co host, Mark Edge, calling from Florida. Go ahead.
3: This is perfect, Bonnie, because I'm actually calling for relationship advice. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, I, um, you know, I have a group of friends, and I used to agree with them on a topic, and I've changed my mind on that topic. And now it seems like I can't discuss anything even tendent- tangentially related to that topic without sort of setting them off and making them angry at me. And it's... True that, um, like I want to share the information I have on this topic, but it appears to be um, alienating me from my friends, and I don't know how to. This this group of friends includes my best friend, and um, I don't know how to not sound like a jerk when I'm talking about this stuff and putting people on the defense, and but I still wanna share the things that are important.
2: Well, I do actually have have some advice about that. I would say that you've already explained to them your position, and they've explained to you yours, and now it's time to start promoting your thing instead of putting their thing down all the time because I think that that's how they feel.
3: I think they do. I think they feel like I'm putting down whatever they say. Even though I try to say, you know, their idea's right for certain people, and that um, my idea is right for other people and, you know, things like that. But it still sounds very much like, um, you know, like they're, you know, they just don't want to hear the topic um, because, you know, it's a point of disagreement.
2: It might be because every day they're busy working for the ideas that you disagree with now and they just don't feel like you're being productive
1: And it also sounds like both parties are very passionate about these topics or projects that they're working on. So that can sometimes kind of heat things up in disagreements.
2: I would even say that uh, your group of friends doesn't mean to put your project down, but... They find themselves doing so a lot just out of a defensive move because it seems to them Agreed. that you're always putting their down, theirs down. And honestly, none of us actually disagree with what you're doing. So it kind of puts you in a bad position in all fronts.
3: Agreed. Um, like, it, it's, it, it just this seems to be the case. So let me make a final um, point and then see how you react to that. Okay. I feel like they and their passion project, are, um, perhaps not wasting their time, but expending inefficient energy in a direction where it could be far more productive in a different direction. And all I want to do is like, sort of tell them, you know, like, I, I just want to share with my friends, this really great thing that I've, uh, you know, they've gotten, that I've figured out and all I can do and all I, all that seems to happen is it's like, you know, shut up. <laughs> not, I disagree with your point here, here, and here, like, there's not debate, there's, you know, I'm sick of talking about this. Why do you keep attacking us? You know, and I like, um, you know, there, there's a foundation in my relationship with my friends that has to do with debate, you know, like we, um, you know, debate a lot. And what it feels like to me is, is that they clearly don't have points to make to show me, like, I could be wrong. You know, like, absolutely positively could be wrong, but nobody can kind of make points to show me where I'm missing this thing or that thing. And, like, um, you know, I, I want to I show them wh- what they're missing. And like, I just... this is all out of generosity, but it's clearly not working. Like, I I'm, like, I mean, I'm at the point that I understand it is not working.
2: I think I just disagree with the way you see things because I saw penguin today giving you points to explain to you why he doesn't feel that uh, New Hampshire is a well, the such the mayor project is a um, is a waste of effort. And it seems to me that you just don't want to hear it. It seems to me like you already are stuck in your beliefs. You don't want to hear what they believe. And at that point, I would say it is time to to realize you can't change their minds, and just work work on. Sending your spending your energy where it's most efficient which is working on your passion project
3: maybe I could ask a question like what would it take what would I have to achieve what would I have to show you to um, show that this you know this that my idea is um, effective and good is there any way like that or do I just have to let it go
2: actually I don't think that we don't or that, that your friends disagree that your project is a, is good it's it just needs more time to be proven it's a good idea but it just it does need more time to be proven but um it's much
3: more like an idea than a, than a than a uh than a, than a- solid thing. I think
2: the only thing that you could do to disprove your friends that what they're spending their time on is inefficient is actually being here and doing what they're doing every day because from what I've heard, I mean, I didn't live here at the time. It seems like you weren't doing the same things as a lot of your friends were when you lived here even. So if you weren't putting in exactly what they were putting in, I just don't know how you can tell them that what they're doing is inefficient or going to make them fail. Sounds to me... Like you were doing different things, like working on your house, and am i am I wrong in saying that
3: yeah, I think that that 's a perception of one particular person um, who is very active um, in certain ways, like uh, you know wants to do a lot of things, mm-hmm. and it has always been my contention that many of those things are inefficient and have uh, adverse uh, results and don 't move in the direction that I want them to and and a variety of things like that. Um, I I would point out that if if what we're talking about is, was I a sufficient activist in the state of New Hampshire, you would have to um, first ask, what are the rest of the activists? What are most of the free staters like? So I would claim that I'm in the top 10% of um, activists there. You know, I've taken cases to trial. I have... Hmm. uh, been elected three times as a delegate to the state convention i've testif- testified before the state house i mean you know i lived there for 15 years so i can you know i can have done one thing per year and still <laughs> sound like i've done a lot um, but compared to that person and a small handful of other people um there's no way i can ever achieve like in amount of activism not success because um, you know, I would argue that there isn't a heck of a lot of success, um, there's, there's a, you know, a few enumerated things here and there and you know, ultimately um, you know, life isn't gonna be much different, ultimately, like for instance, um, the ability to ride a motorcycle without a helmet with my gay lover while smoking uh, a joint is a useless right to me <laughs> because I'm not gonna do any of those things and so having those rights in New Hampshire now where perhaps you didn't have them before smoking pot, still arguable, is not particularly successful. Anyway, uh, um, why don't you guys you guys heard what I had to say, why don't you talk about it on the air if you want to talk about it for more, or go on and talk about how Biden is going to
0: save us. Okay, you don't want to stay? To you don't want to stay for more? If you want. <laughs> well, it's, it's up to you. Uh, hang on. What 603-283-6160 is the number here. If you've got advice for Mark, he says he needs help communicating with his friends. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. The number is 603 283 6160. Maybe you have some advice for Mark. He's on the line with us here. He's concerned that he is failing at uh, persuading his friends or even communicating with them uh, about something that he considers to be a better plan than what they are doing. And in case you haven't determined what he's talking about, he's referring to the Free State Project. And the people who are here in New Hampshire, uh, the activists who are here, at least I presume that it's what he's referring to. We'll get back into his call here in just a moment. But speaking of the Free State Project, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up this summer. And last year, by the way, it was a record year. For movers here to New Hampshire, because it's totally a failure here. That's why over a thousand people moved for the Free State Project last year. I think it was like 1,300 or something like that. It was Um, the
2: first time it's ever been over a thousand in history. Yeah, I did.
0: You you were last year. That's right. Yeah. Oh that's right. yeah, me too. Bonnie was too.
2: Yeah, look at us. Uh,
0: so <laughs> there are more people coming here than ever before, and it looks like I spoke with Mark Warden, uh, who's the Porcupine Real Estate guy. He was at uh, they had a big table, of course, at the convention that Bonnie and I went to over the weekend, the Liberty Forum, and I asked him how things are shaping up because all he does is real estate, and probably ninety plus percent of his customers are free staters. Uh, And he says it's looking like it's going to be on par with last year, at least, if not, you know, we're not only just a couple months in at this point, but so it may get better. It may get even bigger uh, than last year, but definitely on track. So you want an excuse to come check out New Hampshire and experience what it's like to be around more freedom loving people than you can possibly get to know, because that's how it is here. Uh, You want to go to one or both of these festivals. The Porcupine Freedom Festival, that's the big one, and it's nearing sellout status. According to Dennis, the organizer of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, they are now at 94% sold out. So, almost there. If you are considering getting tickets to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you ought to do it like this week, it sounds like. They may extend the tickets out a little bit, but that may not happen. So... Now's your chance to get those. Keep in mind, the campsites are sold out already for the campground, Rogers Campground, during the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So you're probably either going to need to ask nicely from other people who have campsites if they're willing to share or find some hotel that's not sold out in the region. Now, for Fork Fest, which is the week... After the Porcupine Freedom Festival, Fork Fest week is June 27th through July 3rd. It's going to be the sixth annual ForkFest. ForkFest is decentralized, so there's no ticket cost. There's no tickets to buy. All you have to do is get your RV site, your campsite, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. It's definitely a much uh, lower attendance in past years, kind of like the after-party the porcupine freedom festival. So, if you want a relaxing week in the woods
2: lower p- attendance than the porcupine freedom festival right correct not lower and lower every year no it's I, don't getting so. every year, I, I don't think bigger every year i don't know
0: i wasn't there last year well, that's so I what can't. i
2: heard from people who did go <laughs> yeah there was a pretty good turnout last year for okay, fork good.
0: fest
1: yeah
0: uh but it's uh it's definitely a little bit of a different uh, flavor and if you want to spend independence day with freedom loving people here in the shire you definitely want to come up to fork fest you can go to forkfest.party to learn more about the event Uh, Again, everything's unofficial. There's no organizers of this thing. So if there's something you want to see happen, you should probably do that thing, whether it's uh, bring your own poker table to have a poker game. Karaoke. Bring your own uh, speaker, microphone, and laptop or whatever for karaoke, or if you want to, you know. Play it, have a band play, then you should be that band, I guess, because you got to be the the creator of the thing to happen over at Forkfest. Forkfest dot party. We're going to go back to Mark. He's on the line here. He's got some concerns about reaching his friends here in New Hampshire, attempting to communicate something that he thinks is a really important idea, and he feels like he's not as effective at this as he could be. And ladies, you had some advice for him. I don't know if y'all had a chance to fully express. Your opinions or thoughts, so I wanted to continue if we, if y'all wanted to.
2: Um. Well, I think I pretty much answered all those questions.
0: Well, in that case, I'll weigh in here on this, Mark, because uh, I've been very aware of these communications, and I am a supporter of. And,
3: and by the way, it has to have been really difficult for you. To have uh, not been able to address them personally with me, while I sort of called in with Aria and these sorts of things, but you certainly are my target audience on that.
0: Well, I'm a um, supporter yeah. of uh, what you're doing. I I think it's uh, yeah. it's something you you find very important, and you've spent the last roughly half a decade, I think, of your life researching uh, special economic zones and looking and traveling to many of these potential. Uh, locations and meeting with other people of a similar interest, and and you truly believe in this, and and I I really do hope that you can find this great place and or create uh this great place. Uh, I think it's an interesting project. However, I do have my cr- uh, criticisms of it, and I think that you're trying to recruit people primarily just just to come to your concerns that you expressed in the last segment to specifically address those. I think the people you're trying to recruit, who you believe are wasting their time, are a different target audience than who you're really looking for. I think the people who you're trying to recruit don't have the same goals as you. And so because they don't have the same goals, your persuasion methods are not persuading them. Uh, And when I say they have different goals, obviously we're all looking for more freedom, so we all share that particular goal. But I think that maybe the perception is that your goal might be to get away from the United States as far as possible to be in what you consider to be more free place and live out the rest of your life in that free place. Is that accurate?
3: Yeah, that sounds like uh, I mean, don't we all want liberty in our lifetimes? Isn't that the tagline? Um, I kind of feel like. I'm, I'm, I'm certain, uh, in fact, that uh, there won't be liberty in New Hampshire because of a couple of things. A, the Free State Project is never about uh, secession, and all y'all seem to think secession is possible.
2: Well, yeah, because the Free State I, Project can't uh, make a political stance because they're a non The Free State Project can't do that, but lots of people who are part of the Free State Project filled an entire conference room uh, three or four days ago that Ian and I uh, went to and were cheering on secession and Axelman and uh, this guy from Texas and... Um, Carla Garrick talking about it.
0: Uh, you're talking about at the uh, Liberty Forum. I don't want to get lost in the issues here, Mark. Mm-hmm. I, I want to focus at the the general look at goals here. So you, would, you did agree yep. with my okay. summation, and that is that you want to get away from the United States, go to a place where yep. you believe you have relative freedom by comparison, and live out the rest of your life. And you'd agreed with that.
3: Well, I don't want to do that. I think that that is the best solution for somebody who actually claims liberty. For me, um, I'm a little better off financially and um, I can do some traveling. So I want to travel, but I want to make available to people with um, lower means, you know, less money, maybe even, uh, you know, sort of working class people to be able to move to a place with more liberty rather than, um, you know, being sort of having that feeling like the only option they've got is is.
0: I'm glad to hear that because that was always one of my critiques of what you were trying to do. It always seemed yep. to me to be something that was only appealing to the uh, you know the wealthy, someone who could afford to pick up their lives and, and move to and something. That
3: was a some... source of great frustration to me that I couldn't communicate to you that uh, this is in fact a project for working class.
0: However, I still uh, believe, and if you want to hang on, we can here, but uh, I still believe that the goals are different. I'll explain why. Uh, I think that the Free Stater's goals are different from your goals. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I can't speak for all Free Staters, right? There's thousands of them. Uh, But we'll continue here. It's Free Talk
4: Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Free Talk Live. Phones are open here.
0: The number is 603-283-6160. If you've got a comment for Mark, he's on the line. Actually, we do have a caller who wants to speak to Mark. Uh, Mark is on the line here, a co-host on Free Talk Live. He is concerned with his frustrations that he's been having trying to communicate what he considers to be a better solution than the Free State Project. And, of course, the Free State Project is the number one liberty community on the planet. It is what has attracted thousands of freedom-minded people to the same place, uh, which is here in New Hampshire. Now, of course, not everybody joins the Free State Project. Not all libertarian types who've migrated here have signed on the dotted line. Aria, for instance, is not a Free State Project participant, but she moved here as part of this whole freedom migration. So the Free State Project is only really part of the New Hampshire Freedom Migration, which is actually much larger than the Free State Project. But the Free State Project is kind of what got this thing started as a true activist project. It's and
2: a, I signed it, but then I just realized, like, the last segment, I never alerted them that I moved. That you moved. So I wonder if they counted me. Or...
0: There's a lot of people that are like that, too, where they'll sign up and then they'll... They'll forget, right? Like you don't think about that. Yeah, I thought about it
2: ten minutes ago.
1: I didn't sign up, and I never alerted anybody that I moved. I just ah, so
0: you're not a free stater. I don't.
1: I don't technically consider myself a free stater Mm -hmm. because I grew up thirty minutes from the border. Like I'm from here, so it just doesn't feel like I did move from Massachusetts to New Hampshire for the Liberty Community, Mm -hmm. and you know, largely for the Free State Project,
0: but. Well, then, I guess uh, they're now changing the definition of free Stater to just be any libertarian in New, in New Hampshire. Perfect. Uh, well, is, that's me. Which is fine. Uh, so, we're going to bring Mark back on the line here, but I do want to say thank you to Bitcoin.com, and they are a longtime sponsor here on Free Talk Live. So, if you're interested in learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, you need to get over to Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started right there at the top of the page. Uh, it is something that you should take the time to learn a bit about prior to actually jumping in. Uh, although, right now, the price of Bitcoin jumped up a little bit in the last 24 hours. I think it's over 42,000 today per Bitcoin. Oh, wow. I'll do a quick check on that. Yeah, no, I honestly just haven't under, checked today. Just under 41,800 as we speak. So, head on over to bitcoin.com, learn the basics, learn what decentralization is, why it's important when it comes to money. And what is blockchain? Some of the basics about this amazing technology that is really part of the uh, the evolution of this concept. So get on over to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started, and learn more. And also, if you're not brand new to crypto and you want to get the latest news headlines, they've got them there every single day over at news.bitcoin.com. We're back with Mark on the line here. And, and what I was saying, Mark, is that when you're talking with someone who might have different goals than you... Then it's going to be hard for them to uh, appreciate where you're coming from because they may interpret what you're saying as you know irrelevant to them because they don't feel like you're you have the same goals and and what I mean by that is you're referring to a project of encouraging people to move into perhaps a special economic zone or a place on the planet that you believe is more free uh, and you may have some evidence that it's it's more free than than the United States. I don't know if that place has been announced yet, but it's something you've been, you've been looking for. Um, and
3: I'm, I'm happy to um, talk about it. I've acquired the, the location. Um, we're in, I represent an organization that has acquired the, uh, the location, so I'm happy to talk about it. Uh, it's called Coral Beach on the island of Utila in the Bay Islands. But I honestly don't believe that Coral Beach is right for everybody. I, in fact, believe that people should um, actually like people actually need to step down and not take advice from leaders, but instead look at their own lives and say, "Okay, what's best for me? Because I firmly believe that New Hampshire is right for some types of people. And I've enumerated those types of people um, at least once on the air and that, you know, maybe Florida is right for a lot of people. Maybe well, Texas is right for some people. See, that's the thing.
2: Well, when he gave the people that he thinks New Hampshire is right for, it wouldn't include Ian, me, or Arya. Not true. Yeah, because um, I'm from Texas. Well, no, now okay. you're
0: going to have to go through wh- wh- who you think it's, it's right for. Okay.
3: Um, so, the first group of people I said, um, there's three groups. So, one can be part of any of these groups, all of these groups, or none of these groups. I don't think you can actually be part of group number two. Group number one is... Anybody who's in the state of New York or in New England, who um, you know is just sort of a libertarian, should look at the Free State Project because that is the most libertarian place in the the vicinity of where you live. If you can you know transfer your job or work from a different location or a variety of things, I think it's right for you. Point number two is uh, people who really want to uh you know they want to be in action they're they're fighters by nature and I don't I I I have made this point that it makes them look bad but it's just a personality type they're angry and they want to fight the man and um the answer is a great place to do that you will get all of that that you want to get and well, I got to disagree with you I on that.
0: I don't think violence fulfilling. is the violence is not the solution. I don't know if that's what you were saying there, but um I don't think we should be fighting anybody. What we should be doing is gathering as many freedom lovers together and then just, you know, doing whatever it takes to be free in a peaceful way.
3: Fine. Let me use uh uh synonyms for the term fighting. Arguing, cajoling, begging, Um, You know, scolding a whole variety of things uh, against politicians and bureaucrats in order to attempt in a variety of different ways to get what you want. And then the third group, and this is uh, the group that I'm most uh, careful around, These these are the dangerous ones, is the libertarians that just want to get elected, those that want to rule. I'm not saying everybody, and in fact, I don't even think most of the people who have moved and gotten elected into this category i think that they are in the second category they're the fighters um but this this third category the rulers these are the ones you got to watch out for there's been a few of them they get there they get the power by saying hey hey we're we're libertarians and stuff and then they start voting against the very principles that they had stood for because it yeah, that's a concern.
0: I mean, we've seen that happening where uh, people get into office, and it's true uh, power does corrupt, and it, it's absolutely true that not even libertarians are immune uh, to that statement. So, I mean, there's there's definitely some decisions that many of the the liberty reps have made that I would not think that I would make if I were in their position like for instance one of the more recent questionable ones was supporting a marijuana legalization bill that if if it passes the Senate and it sounds like it might not thankfully but if it were to pass the Senate uh, and get signed by the governor that uh, would then create a marijuana bureaucracy within the liquor commission and create state-run marijuana distribution uh, stores, which is a terrible idea. They're it's just, just
2: extremely misled, and they think that it's a step in the right direction. And what? But it's absolutely wrong. And I tried to go around Liberty Forum, telling as many state reps as I could why I think it's incredibly wrong, and they were like, "Oh well, I'm. I don't. I don't." Uh, I don't think it's going to pass. And I was like, okay, well, don't vote for it.
0: Well, the state reps already voted for it. That was the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was criticizing their decision because many of the the so-called liberty reps did put their names behind that. What were you going to say there, Nikki?
1: I was going to say that what happens is people get their eyes set on one thing. And then as far as bills go, they just lose sight of everything else. So they kind of sell themselves out on other things within the bill and they just lose sight of the big picture. And so, I think that's what happened. That is more than likely what happened with that particular bill. It's w-
2: crazy because there were so many good marijuana bills. Sorry, we are totally changing the subject. Well, on I mean, Mark, I, but- I
0: definitely understand Mark's criticism here. And I think that's just something that you're going to deal with anywhere. Anywhere where there's a libertarian uh, significance, where there are actually a lot of libertarians, which is here in New Hampshire. And there's nowhere else like it. Anywhere else, because libertarians fail everywhere. Uh, except for new hampshire you're going to have those power seekers you're going to have the power corrupting people so i mean that's just part and parcel of a growing successful libertarian movement uh the other part i'm going to disagree with here is your, your number one point saying that only people from new england should move to new hampshire it's a ridiculous statement uh there are people who have moved here from as far away as california some from as far away as russia well other i think places.
2: that what he would say is that they're the fighter type
0: I don't know if that's true at all. I think there's a lot of like families and stuff yeah, that have moved absolutely. here from California. We have that little that little kid, that 10-year-old boy that's been calling the show on Friday nights. Uh, and his family moved from California, and, and they love it here, apparently. More coming up here if uh, Mark wants to. He can hang on because somebody wants to talk to him. Coming up. talk live coming up we'll get into independence for new hampshire the movement uh, that is going to have its bill heard the very first ever by the way that we're aware of in generations Uh, actual conversation by state representatives at in the full state house hearing is expected to happen sometime tomorrow Uh, we're going to tell you more about that on the way here we've got mark edge one of our co-hosts on Free Talk Lives, calling in about his difficulties communicating with uh, other liberty activists who are here in New Hampshire about his idea of migrating people to uh, something he just revealed tonight. I, I don't know if you would mentioned this before, Mark, but you mentioned the island called Utila. It is off the coast of Honduras. We haven't really gotten into any detail about that, but we do have a couple callers now that have some comments or some thoughts for you. So I'm going to go to these calls here. Uh, We do have Dave Ridley, one of the earliest movers for the Free State Project in New Hampshire uh, and still a very active activist. Uh, Dave from RidleyReport.com, you're on with Mark.
5: Yeah, you know, there's this say, hi, Mark. (laughs) I haven't seen you in so long. Um, But uh, yeah, there's this idea uh, that, you know, when you have new data, you come up with a new opinion about something. So we have new data with relation to the Utila Project. Uh, first of all, it's you know now it's a real place. It's not just free private cities concept. You know, uh, at least there's a real place, right? That's a good step forward for Mark. Uh, at least he's doing something, right? You know, we might all might not all agree with it, but at least he's doing something instead of just talking about it. But the third thing, and this is really important now, unfortunately, is that now we have the nuclear bogeyman going loose. It looks like uh, with a high, relatively high risk of nuclear war over the next few months, and. Um, you know, even if the current crisis doesn't result in that, we still have the Taiwan crisis coming up. So, um, or at least it appears we do. So, uh, it's pretty obvious that Utilla would be a, probably a safer place than New Hampshire current and the, the current uh, paradigm. Uh, so that's that's another point in favor of Mark. So, you know, who knows? All right, are you planning on moving down, down there, the Dave? Place? Oh no, I would not. I would not move to Utilla no. Oh, but why not? Dave, what if you were given a job
3: uh, chron- chron- uh, chronicling uh, the early history of Coral Beach through videography?
5: I guess I might consider it, but I don't think I don't have a passport. I don't even know if I'd be allowed to have one. Yep, it's possible. I don't know. Uh, Dave, anything else
0: you want to share? I know you were calling for a different reason tonight, but you heard Mike Mark on the line. You had some thoughts. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, th- those are my thoughts on Utila. I don't think I have any others oh, okay. on Utila, but I can talk about the Ukraine thing. Yeah, here. Ukraine.
0: Go ahead real real quick. We'll we'll, we'll keep Mark so on I, the line. I,
5: I do have a project I'm trying to uh, push further forward. It, it, I, did this, I did this during the Bosnian War, and it was, I was happy with the results. Um, but basically the idea is there's a lot of places that, at least some places, that throw away their expiring medicine or surplus medicine, and uh, the idea is to capture that medicine and get it sent to Poland. I have uh, locations I can send it in Poland, depending on what it is uh, that I'm that I'm pretty confident about now. Uh, the problem is getting the medicine. Uh, it's not as easy as it was during the Bosnian War. So uh, if anyone thinks they have the ability to access surplus, expiring medicine, that sort of thing, uh, I would just ask that they contact me. You can you just you can do it directly, Dave Ridley at Facebook, or you can. Just go to the Free State Project, and they can contact me. FreeStateProject.org can reach me.
0: You don't want to give out a direct message, uh, method?
5: No, I won't give out my email over the, <laughs> over the air. But again, if you go to Free State, if you Go to FreeStateProject.org. They have a public address, and they all know me, so just contact them. Okay. Or, or, use, or use Facebook. Just Dave Ridley on Facebook. All Dave right, Ridley, Dave. Hampshire, thanks for the
0: call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Bad Slave. Also has comments from Mark, also calling from New Hampshire. Go ahead, Bad Slave.
6: Hi there, Mark. Uh, Good to talk to you again. You know who I am, right? I do. Yeah. Good. Um, I I have a question for you. Great. Have you pursued within New Hampshire the actual creation of an economic zone like you're talking about?
3: Yes, it's absolutely impossible. There are no special economic zones inside the United States. As a nation, they're not possible, and they wouldn't be possible within New Hampshire. And this is one of the reasons that I'm really strong on this. Another thing is New Hampshire's in New England, and New England is one of the least churched places in uh, the world <laughs> and in the United States. And they don't respect religious freedom, and um, central to my project is uh, libertarianism as a moral philosophy being a religion um, and you're not going to get, that has no legs in New Hampshire. The Anybody who can look up the church of the sword case with the inside of the New Hampshire Supreme court and see how they ruled.
6: Well, I, I have to say that I don't believe you that it's impossible. I think that if, if the state house, you know, passes a uh, New Hampshire uh, amendment to the Constitution that that you can pretty much within the state of New Hampshire do anything. The the, the limited. Okay. Can I address uh, 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 it a little should've... further? What?
3: A little 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 more uh, clarity. So a special economic zone can be anything. Right. So we have opportunity zones uh, throughout the United States where you can uh, divert uh, capital gains by investing in crappy neighborhoods. Um, so that could be called a special economic zone, but um, it's generally not accepted at the acceptable level. There are currently, in the, in the world, more than 6,000 special economic zones. They probably should just rename them economic zones because they're not special if there's 6,000 of them. <laughs> and um, what, is being, what has been proposed in Honduras, the ZA, is um, what I refer to as a special autonomous zone and it seems to me unlikely that the first special economic zone in America um, that probably wouldn't even be allowed by the federal government would somehow rise to the level of ZAs where one can have one's own civil law, one's own police department, one's own Um, You know, just in in these zones, um, you know, you've got your own court system, uh, a whole variety of things that make them highly autonomous compared to uh, special zones elsewhere.
6: Well, Mark, you have to realize that that the states are sovereign and that that they that they are republics and that their constitutions. Guide the bulk of of the law within that jurisdiction. I just
2: I don't know and if this is a good is... argument against what Mark is or for, for Mark to come up here and do this. I, I just don't see how what you're saying, bad slave, it would make it easy for a, a ZA to appear in New Hampshire. I mean, we saw how um, the committee shut down the CACR thirty two conversation right away by saying, "Oh the the New Hampshire is." sovereign, but not in the way you think of it. And then they just said, yeah, we're not going to let the people vote on this. So I, th- I think that Mark has a point that it's easier to create a uh, ZA in Utila than New Hampshire. So is that is that your only point for him? What about um, what do you have I, to say I, to him? Um, well, regarding- I
6: mean, I, the, number one, you if 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 you get something going in Utila, uh, you're you're still subject to the jurisdiction uh, that, uh, that uh, Honduras is offering. And, and uh, you know, they might change their mind at any moment. The other thing is yeah. that... That's a, that's that, a really that great operation. point,
3: and I need to address that now that you brought it up. Um, the they'll roll in tanks argument. Now, this was used on the Free State Project many years ago, and we laughed it off. But in
6: fact... They on March the sixth. 60- roll in tanks. They did. They actually did. They
3: rolled a the tank directly look, look, into yep, the in free my talk you're... live studio. Um, I mean, you know, that's how <laughs> that did happen. In Honduras, this could happen, right? Like they could take amphibious craft and land on an island and um, a 4,000 English speaking people that have an autonomous treaty with them and step in. However, I would think that the fact that they're brought in, that the ZEDEs are included in an international law in a treaty with Kuwait, where they would have to, this should be settled in The Hague, and it would be likely that new, um, that Honduras would be sort of excommunicated from the world stage, like North Korea is, if it didn't pay the hundreds of billions of dollars that would be, um, you know, brought against them in damages. So I, I feel like the oil and tanks argument has uh, not a lot of legs. Thanks,
0: Mark, for the call tonight. Thank you, Bad Slave. Uh, Appreciate the discussion. We're going to continue Free Talk Live. Good night, everyone. And uh, he was saying good night there. I was putting him on hold. Uh, More coming up. Hour number two is on the way. You can join the show, 603-283-6160. Your thoughts are welcome. Free Talk Live.
7: Free Talk Live.
0: It is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, Bonnie, and Nikki here with you tonight. We started the show in a way i was not expecting to mark uh edge called in he's a co-host here on free talk live who has been out of the studio for a while due to various different bail restrictions and also due to the fact that he does like to travel around uh as he was mentioning and has been investigating these special economic zones for the last several years and has finally apparently settled on one uh or maybe it'll be a special economic zone i don't think it is yet not sure exactly what the plan is there but uh it involves something called Coral Beach Village on an island called Utila outside of Honduras. And there is a special economic zone on the island next door, which is called Roatan, and that I think was part of what had brought Mark to that area of the world to learn about. So there there are special economic zones in the area. They are something that can be created there. And I gotta say, you know, it's it's an interesting project. I've always been supportive of of Mark in, in this project. I want him to find this place and I, I want it to work out. I think it'd be great if New Hampshire had some competition. Uh, and if he thinks it is going to be possible for people who are of lesser means than Mark, because he's fairly well off, having done very well with uh, the, the Bitcoin, thanks to uh, Roger Veer and Bitcoin.com and their sponsorship over years. Uh, To me, it always seemed like a rich man's project and like, you know, if if the average person can't duplicate it, if you can't be anybody and participate, to me, that's that's a that's a real mark against it. So if he's trying to to make it so average folks can participate, I think that's an important thing to do. That said, not everyone wants to move to an island. Not everyone's career is going to be like one of the objections to New Hampshire sometimes is they don't have my career. And there's a there's 1.4 million people living in New Hampshire so you figure oh well we got it all no not necessarily there are still some some careers that you might have to like work in Boston or something like that or maybe you maybe there's not even in north new england at all I mean that's a pretty rare objection but I have heard it from people that well my my career doesn't doesn't transfer up there there's nothing that I can do and so if that's a problem with with new hampshire at 1.4 million population it's going to be a problem way more with an island with several thousand people maybe living on it uh that's going to be a big issue so unless your career unless your job is completely portable you know there's not going to be a whole lot of waitressing jobs on an island with three thousand people because Everybody that's probably if there's like restaurants there, and I don't know how many there are, they probably already have all the waitresses they need, and they're probably all Hondurans who will work for way less than an American uh, waitress. I'm
1: going to be honest; I'm not sure if this is truly, and I don't, I don't know what's true. I'm, I was going to say, I'm not sure if this is truly a project for like the average person. I'm not
0: either. I'm skeptical of his claims.
1: Average people, I, I'm. Speculating that the majority of Americans are working paycheck to paycheck, especially at this point with inflation. It's more than a majority. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think the majority of people can afford to buy a plane ticket to get down there. Never mind like find work. And so I think you would have to be well off to be able to do this. But that's just my speculation. Maybe Mark's correct in like the average middle class person would be able to do this. So I guess we'll see. We will see
2: my discrepancy with mark is not even really a logistical one even though i think the logistical ones are so obvious like i don't understand why he thinks that it's easier to move to an island with four thousand people than a state on possibly the same continent you live on um the average person who we're kind of targeting lives on in the united states i'd say um but i i think it's a moral objection i don't want to move to a special area of honduras knowing how the honduran uh government is extremely corrupt and just mm-hmm. be like oh yeah don't i don't care about what they do to the people who live in honduras i'm a privileged uh white american and i'm just gonna get uh, pay them off to leave me alone and that's just how i'm gonna live my life until i die that's just not that's not i am find it really sad because ian i mean uh mark ian and i are the i don't know what you call us the top the ministers in the Shafree Church. church or some of them and um I just think it's really sad that, I mean, Mark is a great minister. He's ministered to me about my anger issues, but I just don't understand how he doesn't see an you believe she issue. has anger
0: issues? is the first I've heard of it.
2: <laughs> I've seen just, it. I've seen really? it.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. She seems really calm to me most I don't of the time.
2: Know. The government doesn't think so. The federal government made me take <laughs> She's nice anger, to us. anger right. uh, management classes.
0: You did lash out at some of the state reps. I have seen you do that, I guess, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, Yeah, I I get where you're coming from on that, Bonnie. And that that has always been my objection to the move somewhere where you can pay the cops off advocates. And there are those people, right? There's the people who say, hey, you don't even have to be that wealthy to move to Mexico. Uh, You can live like a king. For what people pay for a you know one room apartment in Keene, New Hampshire, you can live very very well. So as if you've got a, a job that is portable, you can simply move to one of these places and have a much easier life and have a, um, a, a what some people argue is a much freer life. And and I, my objection always comes down to yeah, but what about the other people in Mexico? Yeah, what, what about the average people in Mexico who cannot just pay off the cops? who are being abused by those police, because we know police abuse people in the United States. They sure as hell do it everywhere else, because cops aren't any different anywhere else. They're all just a bunch of power-mongering I mean, maybe not all of them. There are some that probably aren't in it for the power, but there's plenty that are, and, they are going to, and they're going to wield it on those people. And I remember hearing um, there was a taxi driver that Mark and I had, because we went down to Anarchapulco a few years in a row until... It, we didn't anymore, but uh, but the, we had the same taxi driver, so we created a relationship with him, and he told us some stuff, and I remember he was telling me about uh, a woman just being harassed by the police outside of a club, at whatever time of day it was. She was drunk coming out of the club, and they were threatening her, and if she didn't you know, do X, Y, or Z, then they were going to arrest her, and so on and so forth. And I, without I don't remember all the details, but that was kind of the gist of it, and I, I found myself thinking... If I were seeing that happen, like if I'm in Keene and something like that's happening, I pull out my video camera and, you know, I engage in whatever. Yeah, level it might of, not
1: be a good idea in Mexico,
0: though. Right. That's what I'm saying. It, yeah. I can do things here because, first of all, I speak the language. That helps. Yeah. Secondly, I was born here. And so they can't just eject me. Like, I'm not a guest yeah. in their country, right? They can't just eject me from the country because they don't like me or put me in, you know, prison cell easily because I know my rights and I know what my rights are and I know how to stand on them and and yes, I've been a, a arrested for recording uh, government workers before and I won that case. The ACLU of Massachusetts took my case and I got $15,000 or 5 I think it was 5,000, whatever, thousands of dollars in a a payout in that particular case. So um, I'm willing to do those things here. But if if the same thing happened in Mexico and I was living this lifestyle of the the gringo who just pays the cops off to to leave him alone, then that just to me means I am completely ineffective at actually helping other people who are in need of of assistance. You cannot change that system. That system is not going to be something that, again, the gringo can get into and try to uh, convince the politicians there to do things differently. You certainly can't run for office or do any of the things, the myriad of things that the free staters here are doing. So that's, when- to me, it feels like just giving up that, that whole thing. And that's why I was saying to him, I don't think we have the same goals. 'Cause it feels like giving up to move to an island or to Mexico or whatever. Sorry, Bonnie, go ahead.
2: Um, like I was gonna say, just because the Free State Project used to have a tagline or whatever that was liberty in our lifetime, it's never been um my goal. It sounds like a great idea, it sounds great, but I'm in to liberty more for the ascension of mankind than just for my own personal gain.
0: Yeah.
1: I also do think that New Hampshire is one of the freest places on Earth. And I think freedom means different things to everyone. Like you said, like we all have different goals. But to me, freedom first starts from within. So I guess it doesn't matter where you are. But for me, freedom would be able to like be completely independent, be able to live off the grid, be able to self-source, like water, electricity, my food. And I feel like... You can do that in New Hampshire very easily, not to mention the massive Liberty community that can help you with that.
0: Right. And the idea that Mark wants to just tell people, oh, if you're not from New England, don't move to New Hampshire. No. Come visit. See if it's right for you. Plug into the community here. And I guarantee you, you're going to find an experience that is unlike anything. It cannot be duplicated anywhere else on the planet because we've got the numbers. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about competing liberty migrations. The idea of moving to an island, a low-population island, which has been something that Mark uh, Edge, one of our co-hosts, has been pursuing for some time. And then the idea of moving to the largest libertarian migration on the planet, a success by all measures, the Free State Project, the New Hampshire Freedom Migration. Uh, Mark was talking it down earlier, and I didn't want to get into a a debate with him on the air. But the fact is, thousands of liberty-minded people coming to the same place Means there will be some serious success stories, and the fact that we have CACR 32, the New Hampshire exit amendment, the constitutional amendment that has been put forth and has uh, had a public hearing that the three of us all attended. We witnessed it, it was three hours long of non stop testimony in favor of independence. There was only one guy. Who was just an average person there who spoke against it? Everyone else was in favor of independence.
2: And then afterwards, he was saying, Oh, I, I think I'm seeing what you guys, where you guys are coming from. Was he really? Well, that's what I heard. I wasn't oh, there I didn't for know it. That. I had to leave early.
0: Well, so that's one example of the fact that free staters have been elected here. Libertarians elsewhere, elsewhere cannot claim any significant amount or even an insignificant amount of state legislators in any other state. I believe there's like one libertarian legislator somewhere in Nebraska or something like that, and they like only Wyoming. maybe it's Wyoming. They only won because the um, the Democrats and the Republicans. It was like one of the other one or the other didn't run, and so it was only a two way race. It was him
2: versus a republic. I mean, a Democrat, Democrat yeah. in, in a Wyoming Republican yeah.
0: So that's how that person won that office. Here, the Libertarians, a lot of them run as Republicans. Some have run as as Democrats and won that way as well. But we run a lot of them in the, the main parties. Uh, the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, though, is actually very principled, very strong. They've been getting a lot of national attention from other Libertarians. But the fact is there are over 40 right now in the state house of, of 400 state reps. 10% of them, a little more than 10%, are free staters, people who have migrated here as part of the the Free State Project. That's my understanding. That's the numbers that have been that have been touted. More of them, more than 40, like somewhere upwards of 80 to 100, are mostly libertarian as far as they vote pro-freedom more often than they don't. And they rank at either like an A or a B rank by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which is an excellent organization uh, that, Bonnie, you're involved with now doing some bill reviews uh, that you just got started with that. But they uh, they review all the bills every single year, or as many of them as they can. There's like 800, and they only have so many volunteers. So if you're looking for something that you can help people with, if you even if you're not in New Hampshire and you want to still help the activism movement here, get over to nhliberty.org, and you can get signed up there, and you can become a bill reviewer, and then you, know, you can help a lot this political process— does that happen anywhere else? Does that happen in any other states? Are there actual libertarians reading as many bills as possible? I hundreds, doubt it. Hundreds of bills, making recommendations for all of the state reps, then printing out the voting recommendations on a sheet of gold uh, paper. They call it the gold standard, and standing in front of as we are going to tomorrow, Bonnie, we're going to be handing out flyers at the state house for NH Exit. But the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is there every single time they have a state house full house session. They're standing there with. These flyers and they're handing out to the to the reps. Doesn't matter if they're Democrats or Republicans. All 400 reps and the senators. Uh, there's 24 of them. They all get one of these sheets. That way, they know what the pro liberty voting uh, method would be on each bill. These are just some of the things that go on here in New Hampshire that are just tremendous uh, levels of politic. Just political activism. We haven't talked about civil disobedience or you know anything else that that goes on. Just just from a political perspective. There's no more successful place than New Hampshire on the planet. So it doesn't matter whether you're in California, New York State, Florida, Oklahoma, or wherever you are. If you want to be where there are more libertarians than anywhere else per capita, and even probably raw numbers at this point, New Hampshire is that place. And it doesn't matter if you want to be, as Mark said, oh, you've got to be a total activist. No. Some people just move here and they settle in. And they raise their family, and they go and they vote.
1: A lot of people do that.
0: And they don't do much else, at least not that I'm aware of. Um, and that's okay. You know what? They're they're having a better life because New Hampshire has been rated as the number one place to raise a family. Why is that? Well, number one, it's one of the most safest places. It's probably the safest. You know, New Hampshire and Vermont kind of compete for <laughs> the safest place as far as violent crime is concerned
2: and not being uh having to be brainwashed by the state is a huge one that hasn't even been factored in yet
0: when you say that what do you mean
2: um the what are they called the you Dumbart know schools The you know the thing that new hampshire came out with so you don't have to go to public school
0: oh yeah the savings the education savings accounts that's really new too that just started that's what I'm saying
2: it didn't even get factored in yet and you know what even I've heard
1: some good things. I'm usually talk a lot of smack about public schools. Mm-hmm. I've recently heard some good things about a particular public school up in the North Country.
0: Oh, like them having uh, kids read good books? That yeah. Kind of thing? Yeah, I've heard about
1: that. They were doing some sort of like shooting event, like having what? like teenagers learning how to shoot guns. Yeah. The
0: North Country is a special place from what <laughs> I understand. So, yeah, yeah.
1: So I was very pleasantly surprised when I heard that. So even the public schools aren't really that bad here.
0: Still. <laughs> still though um definitely would want to stay away from public schools it's easier yeah, to homeschool absolutely. here in new hampshire it's pretty, relatively easy but i mean we could just we could spend hours just talking about the the success stories and the fact is numbers matter the more freedom loving people we get here whether they be super activists like dave ridley or whether they be barely activist families that are just trying to raise their kids and you know go to school and whatever uh the more people that we have in this community the stronger it is and the more frustrated these status are, are going to be i mean every single almost every day the free state project account on twitter is posting examples of status flipping out About the fact that the Free State Project exists and has been so successful. They are losing their minds on a regular basis. And they're having these seminars about us. And, whoa, we got to do something to stop them. Like
2: emergency meetings.
0: Yeah, they seriously are freaking out. And they've been doing this for years. It just it seems like it's accelerating now. They're getting really worried because the election is coming up. And they know the Democrats the studies have shown that they are burning their bridges with constituents over the covid mandates and yet the dems in new hampshire are still freaking out about oh my god we have to put up barriers in the state house or else we can't come back to the state house to do our you know business or whatever they're going to do tomorrow so tomorrow is the first day that in since the beginning of covid the first day that the full 400 and i i doubt it's going to be all 400 but the 400 state reps are supposed to come back to the actual state house we'll to have their full
2: hearing. Hmm? I said never mind.
0: Oh, uh, and so this—they've been meeting in these like stadiums and big convention halls where they've been socially yeah. distanced up until now. And so the Democrats said they had to have plexiglass installed between the Republicans. Wait, and did the they Democrats. really do that? Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: That is so dumb, and it's crazy because it. it's it's not in between every person. It's right. just the Democrats and Republicans yeah. They're like segregating yeah. each other. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah, we're going to see it. Tomorrow. I did not know that. We're, That's we're going there.
0: We'll, we'll see it in person because Bonnie and I, and hopefully some other folks, are going to go watch uh, what happens with the NH Exit Constitutional Amendment. And I'll share one of these flipouts with you by somebody who just loves the government coming up. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here the number 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160. And you can join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there. One of them is our social media platform that we launched over a year ago. I think almost two now, or close to it. And there are... There's a lot more leeway to say the things you want to say there. You won't have yourself censored unless you're there to spam. If you're there to spam, then you're gone. Uh, But if you are there to express yourself, then you're welcome over at social.freetalklive.com. That is our server. We're running the thing. uh, Thanks to Mastodon, which is the open source, self-hosted Twitter clone, basically. Uh, You can head over to social.freetalklive.com. All right, so with you tonight, it's Ian.
2: It's Bonnie. And Nikki.
0: Here's a story from, this is the Conway Daily Sun. This is one of the northern New Hampshire newspapers in a, I don't know if it's a letter to the editor or it's kind of on the long side. So I'm guessing it's actually an editorial piece uh, by a woman named Jonna Carter. She lives in Center Conway and she writes this. New Hampshire State House is harboring a festering variant. One for which we desperately need a vaccine. I'm not talking about Omicron, nor its subvariant BA2. Our state government has been infiltrated by an alien cancer known as the Free State Project.
2: That's so offensive to like people who have gotten cancer to just right? be like, people who I don't like politically are cancer. That's a great point, Bonnie. That's it's like also being dehuman- like a, uh, I don't know, it's like being like a little troll online.
0: It's also dehumanizing to yeah. call someone an alien cancer kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, dirty jap or whatever, like yeah. all right, well let's start genocide against the free staters now. They're yeah. not even humans.
2: Yeah, like when there was this girl that was going crazy, I don't even know if it's really her actual opinions. who's a um a native here and she was saying that you guys are invading. I was just like, wow, say that uh, tell that to the native americans if your your mm-hmm. family's been here this whole time. And these same people are generally
1: advocating for things like open borders and allowing Mexicans to migrate here, which I think is great. I don't have an issue with that. But it's just very ironic that people will say that that's okay, but that I'm a cancerous alien from moving here from Massachusetts.
0: (laughs) You're the kind of alien they don't want, right? Uh, for 20 years, free staters have been moving to New Hampshire, quote, from away, unquote, with every intention of altering the cultural and political landscape to suit some warped idea of libertarianism.
2: And yet they don't want to leave the union and be uh, even more of their own culture and own identity. They want to be in the union. So, Great I point. mean, it doesn't make any sense.
0: To which they profess to subscribe. I've said it before. The free staters are the folks giving libertarians a bad name. Of the 50 states, I can think of none more than ours that so proudly leans libertarian. Libertarianism reflects New Hampshire's spirit and history, espousing as it does independence, equality, and personal freedoms. Don't conclude, however, that because the Free Staters have assumed the libertarian moniker, that this makes them so.
2: It's very convenient that she can just say the Free Staters and she won't list any names. If I was writing an article about somebody like I did about Brody Deshays, I'd list brody Deshays, not just you know she's
0: got one name coming up mm. uh but the, her point here is that we're not real libertarians we're the bad so, people so what
1: is a libertarian then does she ever define that term
0: well we'll continue here she says that don't conclude that because the free Staters have assumed the libertarian moniker this makes them so they've been able to infiltrate state government by cloaking themselves in live free or die and this pretense has gone largely under the radar Free staters are about as anti-libertarian as you can get. They're absolutely not advocating personal freedoms. They're about power and control. Their agenda is one of far-right extremism. The era of Trump has been a boon for these clowns as it's afforded their ilk a platform and thus, if not legitimacy, some standing. They run on the Republican ticket, but neither are they Republicans. In a word they are fascists
1: oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny this has to be satire
0: uh, I don't know it's a good question while libertarians are against government overreach, the free staters are the very definition of government overreach. They've invaded our schools, our voting booths, and our medical consultations. From threatening teachers, to eroding voting rights, to stripping women of their right to privacy in the doctor's office, they're more akin to Gestapo than what did, libertarians. What is she
2: okay? What? Um... <laughs> What situation could she be referring to about stripping women of the right to privacy? Because I just can't imagine a libertarian uh, campaign against something like that. This is a
0: straight up attack by, unless it's satire, as you suggested, it's a straight up attack against libertarians to try to position them as something besides what we are, which is people that are actually concerned with individual liberties and freedoms.
1: Everything she's saying, it's like the complete opposite of everything that... Free staters typically stand for. And it's kind of weird.
2: It's pretty uh, funny because about a year ago, I thought about the fact that um, just in general, people who want to be against people like me, who are uh, liberty-minded, um, they will attack the word freedom because it has kind of a connotation with like you know a shirt, a shirtless fat uh, guy waving an American mm. flag saying freedom, America, all that stuff. But they never attack the word liberty, and I looked up the. Diff- differences of the definitions and off the top of my head i'm not gonna be able to give you the exact definition of each but i realized it's because they just absolutely cannot defend being Mm -hmm. anti-liberty there's just no being anti-liberty so this woman she is like okay i can't defend or i can't attack libertarianism so i'm gonna lie and say that the free staters aren't Aren't libertarian libertarian. and not even give any actual explanation of why i think that
0: and this is just one example. I mentioned before. If you follow Free State NH on social media, I, I follow them on Twitter. Uh, they're constantly posting these. Yeah, there's so many insane people who are just going off about the Free Staters. And you have to, you need to ask yourself if you live anywhere else besides New Hampshire and you're a libertarian activist. Does this ever happen where you live? Mm. Does anyone ever? Write any letter to the editor or editorial piece for a local newspaper about libertarians.
1: You know what they say, all publicity is good publicity.
0: And the fact that they have, they feel they have to do this.
1: It shows that it's working. Is
0: an acknowledgement that we have had a tremendous impact, not just the fact that we've been elected, but that they are scared of what we're accomplishing in New Hampshire. Because the free staters are the vote-tying uh, whatever you want to call it, they, they can break any tie, right? Because if there's X number of uh, Republican status and X number of Democrat status, and one side wants to pass a bill, well, they got to have the free staters. Because if they're both going against one another, the Republicans and the Democrats, if the free staters want to kill the bill, then they vote to kill it, and it's dead. If they want the the bill to pass, they vote to pass it, and it passes. That's that's what you can do with just 10 percent of the state house. But going on. She says the objective of the Free Staters is not merely to divest us of personal freedoms, but to divest us of our nation. They've relocated to New Hampshire to become a force in state government, their ultimate goal being secession from the United States. Woo. I recollect this being attempted once before. They love the callback to the Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. They, that's, they always, statists always love to trot that one out as the reason why you can't do it now.
2: And, and did, do they ever trot out the fact that Abraham Lincoln bombed you know, people and they weren't even soldiers during the Civil War oh, and no, was of course obviously not. the aggressor in that These situation? These people
0: believe that Abraham Lincoln is a hero.
2: Yep, everybody does.
0: Trying until recently to downplay the secession idea, now they're ready to activate the plan. This past week, now this was written in early February. Uh, CACR thirty two came before the State House or the House State Federal Relations and Veterans Affairs Committee, sponsored by Representative Mike Sylvia. The proposed amendment reads in part quote The state peaceably declares independence from the United States and proceeds as a sovereign nation. unquote. Friday, the committee voted to recommend CACR thirty two inexpedient to legislate. Hopefully the legislature will vote to adopt the recommendation, but the writing is on the wall. This is merely the beginning. She's right about that. State Rep. Israel Piedra found the committee discussion eye-opening and very troubling. Some Republican members—by the way, this man, uh, Israel Piedra, did not attend the the three-hour-long testimony. So I doubt that he sat there and watched it at home, but he certainly was not in— the room, because I remember there was actually a Freestater sitting at his his location on his desk, uh, on the desks. So the number here is 603-283-6160. We'll continue with this breathless hit piece against the Freestaters trying to position us as anti-libertarian. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about Independence and the New Hampshire exit movement that is causing people who are status to flip out. And they tend to be more on the left than on the right, but there are definitely plenty of people on the right that do not want to see secession happen. So but we,
2: people on the left and the right are both liars who are anti-secession. Yes. They're never against it for any um, honest reason. Like, they're always lying
0: that's a good point like this lady we're, we're gonna get back into this uh the story here but also you're invited to join us online over at freetalklive.com and we got a lot of features there including feeds uh, rss feeds that you can po- uh, pop into your favorite podcast client and subscribe to free talk live to get each episode as it's released go to feeds.freetalklive.com you'll find multiple different feeds there's one that's the full show and the digest There's another feed that's just for the digest. There's another feed that's just for the full show. So you'll find those over at feeds.freetalklive.com. Back to this story from the Conway Daily Sun. It's a newspaper that appears in northern New Hampshire in the town of Conway. Uh, The woman uh, writing this is uh, trying to claim that the libertarian free staters are not in point of fact libertarians. They were actually fascists, which is the first time I got to say that I've ever heard that one. Uh, but she goes on to focus on the issue of independence, saying that we're now moving to our plan to secede from the United States and that this uh, CACR 32 is the first step. And of that, she is correct. CACR 32 is the first major political step uh, that any state has taken towards an independence movement. We understand our chances are pretty poor. The The odds are the establishments on both the left and the right are going to swing into uh, to play against this thing. But the funny thing is, even though both the left and the right on this committee that we all sat in front of, and a couple of us spoke in front of, uh, this uh, Federal Relations Committee, voted twenty one to zero, meaning every single Republican and Democrat on the committee. It's you know, it's almost half and half. It's like you know, if the Republicans are in charge of the state house, they'll be. T- uh, 12 out of the 22 and the other 10 will be democrats so they all voted against this thing but yet one of the democrats representative israel piedra tries to still tries to make it sound like they're more against secession than the republicans he said quote the committee discussion was eye opening and very troubling some republican members were more concerned with whether secession could be successfully implemented than with the concept itself unquote According to Piedra, committee chair Albaldasaro, quote, agreed with the concept of secession and lamented that a sufficient plan does not currently exist to carry it out. Yikes, says the author. Sylvia noted that.
2: So this person just wants people to be anti-secession without thinking about it at all. Of course. You you just need to be anti-secession and not think about why or how it would work.
0: Right, because it's the the United States is the most important thing ever. We couldn't possibly leave it. Mike Silvia, who's the founder, or not the founder, but the, the prime sponsor of this bill, CACR 32, the constitutional amendment, noted the hearing was packed with people supporting the amendment. Not a huge surprise. Free staters band together to attend and influence any meeting in which their interests stand to be promoted that's a huge compliment right the fact that we have the ability we have the numbers we have the organizational ability to come together and influence the legislature that's what you're supposed to do i I was gonna
2: say like democrats don't do that like republicans don't do that that's just what people who have um they have a vision for how they want the world to be right uh, act and it's how it's legal in the united states and in fact it's the way that we've always That's done things. That's what you're
0: supposed to, quote unquote, do. But turns out when you actually show up to a meeting, then they lament the fact that you showed up. Hmm. They oh, lamented. yeah. And they
2: always tell us, oh, well, if you don't like the way things are, then you get better involved. get involved and change mm-hmm. things. Yeah.
0: But when you show up, they want you to go home. Free stater, she says, or sorry, Sylvia said, quote, some may consider it a laughable question, unquote, regarding the amendment. It's preposterous, says the author here, but it's anything but laughable. Rather, it's insidious and dangerous, and it further imperils our republic as democracy is under siege, not only in New Hampshire, but throughout the country. Oh, thank God. Here's a window into Mike Sylvia's character. The Laconia Daily Sun quoted a discussion of his secession strategies. This is where we were having a meeting about early, early on about the wording of the amendment and stuff. He said, quote, this is not my feeling, but you know the atmosphere out there is that those dirty Mexicans or Guatemalans or whatever are coming across the border, bringing in COVID with them. It's a bit of nonsense, but that is a genuine mood that is out there. And whether or not it's true, if we could take advantage of it, why wouldn't we? Unquote. She says, um, for starters, how about decency?
2: Um, this is exactly... Actually, she is actually part of the type of people thinking that whether she wants to accept it or not. If she is saying that people who are from America coming to New Hampshire to be part of the free state movement is uh, a cancer.
0: Alien cancer. Um, what yeah. would
2: she think? Yeah. that she ha- She's de- being, being no decent. different than somebody who says that um, Mexicans or Guatemalans coming up here is, is a cancer. Yep. I don't see the difference at all.
0: That's the, the difference is Mike Sylvia doesn't actually believe that.
2: Yeah, and Mike she Sylvia's does. Mike Sylvia is just
0: saying, hey, let's pander to these people if we need to, to get them to support secession. Yeah. And that's just it's it's ugly, but that's politics and politics isn't decent. It's disgusting. She goes on. She says the idea of secession is taking hold. Hashtag national divorce was trending on Twitter in December as a victim of divorce. I can assure everyone <laughs> Oh my a
2: victim of divorce. Is she saying that her husband divorced her and she didn't want to leave <laughs> or she didn't want him to leave?
0: That's a great question. Uh,
2: I've never heard the term victim victim of of divorce in my life. If she means her parents got divorced when she was a kid, I could see how that would hurt. But at the same time, like, I don't think that makes you a victim. Here's
0: what she says. I can assure everyone that you don't want the United States of America as your respondent. So I think she's referring to the idea that the U.S. is abusive and they're going to hurt you.
1: And I also like how she used the term victim of divorce, yeah. but she referred to human beings as alien cancer in the <laughs> beginning. Like, that's not offensive, but using the word divorce is? Yeah.
2: She's just...
0: Have New Hampshire Republicans thought this through? In a good year, federal funding contributes to a third of the New Hampshire state budget.
2: After as... we give it to them. Right. And then they give it back. They give they a give fraction. They give part of it back. Of it back. Yeah. It's like being grateful for your tax
1: returns. Like, oh, thank you so much what for these I tax What would I do without retur- you? Yeah.
0: Add COVID to the mix, and this is upped significantly. Representative Tim Horrigan called the secession movement un-American, pointing out that it defies the oath of office. Every elected official upon their swearing in is required to take the oath, a catchy little ditty that goes, quote, I blank, solemnly swear that I will bear faith and true allegiance to the United States of America and the state of New Hampshire and will support the Constitution thereof. And then it could
2: just be changed when we left. In conclusion
0: if if it looks like an insurrectionist swims like an insurrectionist and quacks like an insurrectionist it's probably a free stater
2: oh my god well insurrection things. involves violence, violence yep uh, by definition so yeah. that's ridiculous
0: CACR 32 does nothing but promote a simple Peaceful, nonviolent vote on this question. It is not a vote on secession. This is something that many of these state reps do not understand. Certainly, many of the people who are looking at it do not understand. A state representative is not violating their oath of office by putting something on the ballot that the people requested. People said, We want to vote on independence. Some state reps said, Okay. We'll put together a constitutional amendment and you guys, you know, can work on promoting it. And if the state reps vote for it, if it has to be 60% of the state reps, it has to be 60% of the Senate, then it goes on the ballot and it has to get two-thirds at that point. So roughly 67% of voters would then have to vote for it in order for it to pass. That would be the people making a decision. The state reps... Simply would just put the question on the ballot. What, what could possibly be considered illegal about that? But yet, many of these state reps are deathly afraid of the federal government and the, this position of, oh, you can't do that, was what was trotted out at this hearing and what persuaded at least two of the reps who are on that committee uh, to change their minds and vote against this bill.
2: Because they thought that they could be brought up on charges based on a part of the U.S. Constitution that isn't referring to anything like what voting on CSER 32 would be like. It was referring to if you are, have ever been at war against the United States or aided the enemies thereof, then you can't run for office. That's what the part was, um, that's what the part of the U.S. Constitution that was cited for that threat was and they don't even know the constitution they just go oh my god that sounds scary
0: they don't and they don't know the fact that secession is not mentioned in the constitution there's nothing in there about that you can't secede you cannot end the relationship you cannot break up it's not in there and so therefore article 10 of the u.s constitution which reserves all rights not enumerated within the constitution to the states Therefore, Article 10 applies. To secession, yep. Yeah, so the the ability to say goodbye is something that every state government and the people therein retain.
2: Well, this person sounds like they don't believe in the right to leave a group that you once were a part of. I mean, she called herself a victim of divorce, oh, right. and all I, all I can think is that she was a wife and didn't want to get divorced, and her husband mm. divorced her anyway.
0: More coming up here. You can share your thoughts at 603-283-6160. We'll get into uh, some jail-related news. Uh, Nikki, you've got a bizarre—I like, guess not even that bizarre. It's probably happened a few times. Uh, somebody got put in jail wrongfully, and we'll talk more about that situation coming up. Uh, plus, relationships that are broken over politics. Bonnie's going to tell us maybe they can be fixed. Hour 3 is on the way. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. Phones are open. If you want to join the show, you can. Hear the number 603-283-6160. We've got some jail-related stories on the way for you, plus... Can you fix relationships that were broken over politics? Maybe during COVID or Trump or whatever we're talking about. Uh, we've got both of those stories on the way here. But again, phones are always open. You can call in about anything. Tonight, it's Ian.
2: It's Bonnie. And Nikki.
0: Uh, we go to your calls and thoughts. First up, he is Representative Matt Anastaso He's one of the co-sponsors of the legislation... Uh, that we were just kind of talking about, CACR 32, the historic New Hampshire Independence Constitutional Amendment. This isn't your typical bill. It's a proposed constitutional amendment. As I was saying in the last hour, it does have to get 60% to pass the state house, 60% to pass the state senate. And then if it does do those things, which is a huge bar to overcome, because most of the people that are in these offices are status right so the odds that this is going to pass pretty slim but at the very least it is historic because this to my knowledge has never happened since the civil war and uh and it's amazing so anyway uh, matt i didn't ask you to call in i guess you were just listening so what's what's on your mind
8: oh yeah i was just calling you know tomorrow's a big day and uh you guys were talking about it but uh you're talking about the ninth and tenth amendment of the constitution and a lot of people bring that up that you know power's not you know, enumerated in the Constitution or reserved for the states, but one thing that uh, almost I haven't heard, really heard anyone talk about is uh, Article uh, 1, Section 10 of the Constitution actually lists um, all the powers the states have. I, I'm sorry, all the things the states are prohibited from doing. Okay. So it says things like they can't uh, issue currency unless it's in gold and silver hmm. and uh, things like this. What, it doesn't list anything about... You know, a state leaving the union, or or independence, or anything along those lines. So if if it was prohibited by the Constitution, you know, for a state to leave, uh, certainly they would put it in there. Wow, Great that's
6: point. Such uh, a
2: good point. Yeah. Solid. I haven't, haven't heard anybody mention that. But yeah, what
0: about the uh, oath? What about what about uh, the people who say you swore an oath of allegiance to the United States, so therefore you can't even uh, vote for a constitutional amendment that would allow the people to vote?
8: So uh, yeah, a couple of things. Well, one, um, if you know, if someone has a problem with the government and they and they want to run for office, you, you're you're obligated to give the oath, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no one could just like say, well, maybe you could, maybe you could not take the oath, but since it's a constitutional amendment, you're amending the thing that you gave an oath to, so it, it, it's impossible for it to be, uh, you know, against the Constitution if it's an amendment to the Constitution. Mm. And That's uh, a good point. then with my interpretation of the U.S. Constitution you know it's uh amendments 9 and 10 and then uh you know Article 1 section 10 uh you know it sounds like this is totally legitimate
0: so, this, sounds this, good to me Center. but there's obviously a lot of pushback on this thing what have you been hearing obviously your ear is closer to the ground there uh in the uh, the state house i mean are you hearing any rumors is this thing going to get are they going to try to table this thing is there going to be some dirty pool uh being played or is there going is this going to come to a vote tomorrow
6: well, uh, it
8: could get tabled. Uh, rep could just make a motion to table it and then we would be voting on tabling. Uh, I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. And I don't know if a tabling motion would even pass. Uh, the Democrats might actually vote not to table it, uh, because, you know, they, they might, they might perceive this as politically popular for them. Uh, hmm. but I don't know. Uh, I hope it doesn't get tabled only because, well, because we could vote on it, but uh, tabling would uh, silence any discussion on it,
6: Mm. you
8: know, on both sides. So there's there's some, uh, you know, I've Republicans say they want this thing tabled because they don't want any discussion.
0: The Republicans also probably are nervous about voting on this because it is going to be what's called a roll call vote. If it does go to a vote, then every single person is recorded, unlike like a voice vote where they would just go, yeah, I, or an A or whatever and then you don't really know who voted which which way so all the votes would be recorded and if a republican is sort of understanding that maybe there would be some people in their districts that would support this but they themselves are too afraid to because they don't want to just put themselves on the record then a vote to table is basically like you know opting out of this entire discussion and okay well let's not have it at all and that's different than saying no to a thing politically uh, yeah
8: that's, I guess that's right. Um, the, role, the thing about the roll call, though, is it's not guaranteed we're going to have a roll call. Uh, it, it could it could get a roll call. I if, thought that uh, it was
0: guaranteed because it's a constitutional amendment.
8: Uh, you know what? Yep,
0: I think you're correct. Yeah, that's what yeah. I heard, at least. So what you're uh, saying is right. a normal bill would not necessarily, by default, have a roll call, and then a certain number of reps have to request it, right? That's the way a normal bill goes?
8: Right, right. But the tabling motion may or may not be roll-called, and if it's tabled, Mm. uh, and there's no roll-call on the table, then we wouldn't know anything. But
0: that, now, don't you need, like, 10 reps for the uh, roll-call vote in order to force it? I believe it's 20. 20 oof all right well i don't know if we <laughs> yeah whether we have 20 rips willing to to stand for it uh i mean if they try to table it i think that somebody should call for a roll call on that just at the very least that way we know who voted to table this thing and and who didn't because whoever's voting to table it is definitely one of the cowards who likely would vote against it if they were their feet were to the fire
8: uh now there's a good chance that democrats may want to roll call it too so uh there's 200 people over there give or take
0: yeah uh, by the way, this is going to be the first time back that the state reps have been back since COVID. As a new state rep, Matt, you've actually never been in the state house uh, full chamber for a full house session, right? This is going to be your first time in there since you started in late 2020.
8: Uh, yeah, that's correct. And if uh, if we don't table it and, and uh, we have discussion on it, my first time speaking in reps hall will be on this bill i nice. hope that's you, awesome
0: i hope you get the chance i know you've got a speech uh, prepared for this isn't it true that the democrats refused to uh to even go to the state house if there wasn't some sort of plexiglass barrier put up
8: i don't i don't know the details on that there is plexiglass at reps hall that i saw it's pretty hilarious it's about four feet tall and you know reps Hall's. i don't know how many feet it, how tall it is in there it's, <laughs> it's massive yeah. so to think that to, you know a piece of plexiglass is uh <laughs> going to do anything you know i'd really like it if they would just get rid of the plexiglass at all the stores i mean i can't even talk it's like i'm trying to buy something and you know between the mask and the plexiglass and i got to aim the barcode at them so they can so they can beep it because they can't get the items. You know they got to reach to that tiny door. I mean this plexiglass thing is just really ridiculous. Are they really still obnoxious.
0: in a lot of stores? I feel like I haven't been. Maybe I'm just so used to it. I just feel like I haven't been noticing it as. It much. was
2: somewhere I was recently, and I didn't notice it until like I uh, got. A, I and I can't remember. They who still this have was. it at
0: Aldi. I know they still have
6: it there. Oh
2: yeah, they do still have it at Aldis. But it, I was somewhere, and I was just like, um, just realized that they were wearing a mask and I wasn't, and then I, it made me realize there was a plexiglass in between us because I thought about it. Like I wasn't thinking yeah. about it.
1: It's kind of been normalized now. Like it's just always there, and it's you know it's easy enough to not notice it.
0: So Matt, I guess another question I have for you for tomorrow is this thing could happen at any time, right? Is is there a particular schedule, and can they just you know break that schedule if there is one? Do you have any ideas to how that works?
8: Yep. So there's the consent calendar and then the regular calendar, and all the bills are listed that we're going to be voting on tomorrow are listed in the regular calendar, and. They're listed in alphabetical order by committee. But, but, so because State Affairs uh, gave the uh, recommendation on this one, it's pretty close. I think it's the second to last one, or it's pretty close to the bottom. Mm. So we'll probably hear it at the end of the We'll probably vote on it at the end of the day. Um, <sighs> someone could make a motion to special order it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just talking to people, I, I don't think it's going to get special. Ordered. I, don't think, I don't think anything like that's going to happen. But, you know, that's possible So they could move it earlier today. I don't know why they would do that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I would think the only reason they would do it is if they perceived that there was some sort of growing support that would be showing up there. I I have no idea how many people are going to be there at 730 in the morning, which is when uh, Dave Ridley had uh, called for a a rally to happen outside. I know Bonnie and I are going to be handing out flyers to the state reps as they enter the, uh, the chamber. So we've got a lot of work to do there and we'll look forward to seeing you in the morning. Anything else you want to share tonight?
8: Uh, I'll just say one thing, you know, because we talk about this a lot on the show, and it's something I've been thinking about. Uh, I just uh, if you're like a liberty minded individual, you know, if not moving to New Hampshire, you might as well just not do anything because every, it's like uh, it's like working without tools. It's like having a wrench, you know, you get all that leverage. Uh, you can't take you can't take bolts off a car without a wrench. I mean, what are you doing? You know, you just you're kicking it. That's All a great is, point.
0: <laughs> Having people it's, is that leverage, and we've got so many great people here, and so many more are coming. We met a lot of them at Liberty Forum over the weekend. We'll see you tomorrow, Matt. More coming up. Yeah. It's free talk live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Want to say thank you to Carlos, who is a Free Talk Live supporter on our AMPS program. Carlos is platinum level, which means that he is giving at least 25 bucks a month to Free Talk Live. We only ask for five, so thank you, Carlos, for going way above and beyond. Uh, the call of duty there. Would definitely appreciate your support. Uh, and by the way, AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to help us get Free Talk Live onto more radio stations. We've got over 190 great stations that air the show at various times throughout the week. We can have more. It just takes time. It takes money. It takes some marketing. And uh, your support can help us with that. Plus, you get some cool perks for joining AMPS. Go to amps.freetalklive.com. It'll take you right to our Patreon. We can learn more and sign up with your Patreon uh, PayPal, your credit card, or debit card. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Colton is on the line in Texas watching us on our Odyssey feed. Go ahead, Colton.
7: How y'all doing tonight?
0: Hey, what's on your mind?
7: So I thought I'd uh, touch base a little bit on secession because I think y'all are actually approaching it from the wrong way. Really? Secession mm-hmm. is not about legality. It's just fundamentally at odds with legality. So, even if you were to say the Constitution does not specifically prohibit secession, right? The whole point of secession is that you're extricating yourself from that Constitution. When the U.S. seceded from Great Britain, like, we were very much legally bound to the crown, right?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. The The, the crown said, you can't do that, and well, the Americans did.
7: And we said, yeah, we have our own legal system that says, you can't so that is the point of secession, is that you are extricating yourself from one legal session or, or system.
0: Yeah, you make a good point. The, but the reality is, once you start talking about secession, people love to bring up the Constitution. And, and even under the Constitution, it still is allowable.
1: Well, and to me, it wouldn't me- make... It wouldn't make sense if the Constitution said that we weren't allowed to secede from the union, considering that's how America came about. Right. That's what he's saying. So, yeah. yeah, So we already did that. So why would our Constitution not let us do it again?
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Colton. Um, The only reason that we always talk about that on this show is because when we had a hearing um, about it to begin with, with the committee, there was this guy named Brody Deshays, and he was uh, named the person to do the research on this bill. And he came and said, oh yeah, so it's actually illegal. I talked to constitutional scholars and they told me that it's actually illegal to do this and scared um, at least two people who told us they would vote for it, didn't vote for it because of this guy saying that, oh, you'll you'll get brought up on federal charges if you vote yes on this, it's illegal. Um, yeah, that's why we're always talking about it on the show, but I completely agree with you. I think that even if... Um, yeah, like if if your husband tells you nope, you can't leave me. You can say yeah. Well, I'm completely leaving all of your rules, and my um, marriage to you is null and void, and whatever we agreed to before, before is null and void because I'm leaving you. It's just like that with the uh, federal government.
0: That's true. If people have the stomach to do that, then there's nothing that the feds can do about it. And ultimately, that's what matters most is whether or not people have the the will to secede and at this point i don't think that they do but unfortunately if this bill doesn't pass we're not going to get to uh to find out at the the ballot box
7: yeah i don't disagree with that like i honestly think texas has the best chance of seceding right
0: now you said texas and has the best chance
7: a hundred percent okay i've been part of the texas nationalist movement since i was 16
0: Nice. Yeah, I actually met uh Daniel Miller this weekend. He was at the uh the Liberty Forum. He was one of the speakers at an independence panel that there is going to be video released of that panel. I just I'm not I'm sitting on it for now just because we're so busy with making this thing happen. Uh, But there's no doubt Texas has a lot of momentum. There's a lot of people that support independence there. Uh, Unfortunately, the political process in Texas is way more difficult. There was um, a proposal about a year ago, I believe. Kyle Biederman, I think was his name, the uh, state rep there who proposed the Texas secession, which actually was just uh, um, essentially it wasn't even a secession bill. It was just a uh, like a bill to start talking about seceding essentially and that didn't even make it into a committee
7: yeah i mean they've had a couple of gag votes i think they had one back in the 50s one of the 70s where like hey does texas want to secede at this point so when texas joined the us they were one of the they were the only state they're their own country first who actually built in to their joining the right to leave at a later date if they didn't like it
0: New Hampshire basically has that, too. I mean, it's not as explicit as I, as I understand the Texas language, but we have the right to revolution built into our Constitution. I, I
7: actually – I didn't know
0: that. But, yeah, check but it out. It's uh, Article 10 of the New Hampshire Constitution's Bill of Rights, and it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty rock solid. But that said, uh, Texas definitely – also, New Hampshire was its own nation as well, so uh, we had a president – in New Hampshire, who ultimately became the governor after New Hampshire joined the union. So we got that too. (laughs) But you guys have the numbers. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I remember in 2012 when Obama was reelected. There was that WhiteHouse.gov petition for Texas to uh, leave, or the question was, what would the, the White House do? And that, that thing got over 100,000 signatures like in less than a week or something like that. It was super fast. Uh, there's a ton of support yeah. in Texas. There's no doubt about it. Unfortunately, like I said, the political system there... Is just a lot harder to uh, to access. So hopefully we're going to get some more secessionist activists up here in New Hampshire, and uh, we'll get some more pro secession people elected. And I hope that you uh, Texas folks and the New Hampshire folks have ourselves a friendly little competition to see who can go first, because whoever it is that goes first is going to encourage the other states to follow suit. Whoever that happens to be.
2: And cool. oh, wait,
7: the scary thing, like I'd say, like a fifty percent chance California beats us both. Actually, that'd be a great
0: thing. Yeah. It would be great. Um, their met, their movement has kind of had a bit of a bump in the road with a falling out between some of the organizers a couple of months ago, but they're trying to get things back together uh, from what I understand. So, yeah, I, I support all secession movements. What are you saying there, Bonnie?
2: I was going to say Colton might go to Porkfest this year, and I was actually trying to talk to his girlfriend about oh, it wow. today to try to get her on board. And maybe he'll change his mind and put his secessionist energy towards New Hampshire And That would be fun.
0: We'll see, Colton. Anything else you want to sh- uh, share with us tonight?
7: I just want to say I'm so proud of Bonnie. She has come so far since I've known her.
0: <laughs> oh, that's cool.
2: Well, we met when I was 15, so I would expect in myself to be years. a little different.
0: Right on, Colton. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate the uh, the kind words and uh, thanks. I look forward to New Hampshire defeating Texas in the race to <laughs> uh, to say goodbye because somebody has to be first. Yeah, and if it's Texas, then that's fine. I mean, certainly they are bigger. There yeah. are way more uh, people supporting. They've got a lot more of a history of uh, promoting this. Like he said, he's been doing this since he was sixteen, and I guess he's known you for ten years. So he's, I'm going to guess he's twenty six uh, or something like that. No, he's right? older than me, a little older. Um, so anyway, he, you know, the, the guy that we met this weekend, Daniel Miller, who is the one of the, I guess, most prominent people in the Texas nationalist movement. He's been doing it since 1996. So going on 30 years of activism in that particular area. So there's definitely a much longer running movement there that has had time to really simmer and and grow and and get people involved uh, and that
2: guy was that guy was great he was like he was on Daniel board Miller. with all the things that we would be on bo- board with as far as the session and man he was just such a cool guy to meet
0: he was really well spoken to like he took every question that the, the audience had for him and he had a great answer uh, lined up I look forward to releasing that video probably within the next couple few weeks we got more coming up here uh some crazy jail news on the way this is free talk live It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you have got Ian. And
1: Bonnie. And Nikki.
0: We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. Then coming up, Nikki's got a story about a woman jailed wrongfully. We'll get into the circumstances there. We've been talking about independence as we are on the eve of the very first potential hearing of the CACR 32, as it is called here in New Hampshire, the first bill in New Hampshire's history, from what I understand, to allow the people to vote on the question of whether or not to leave peacefully, leave the United States. Uh, that's if it passes the state House and the state Senate first, then it'll go on the ballot and it has to pass with 60%. So it's a pretty high bar to reach. But tomorrow is going to be the first time it gets heard in front of the full state house. We'll continue with your calls and thoughts, though. We've got Ammon calling from New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead.
9: Hey, what's up? Well, hey. Congratulations on the, the whole vote thing. I, I, I've been telling people all it's going to take is one single state to secede and the whole thing collapses like a house of cards. I
0: think you're right about that. hope so.
9: Because everybody is just going to flee to that one state that, that left.
0: Yeah, I wish the freedom-loving people who want to see secession would come here soon rather than hope us do. You know, hope that we do all the hard work and then they can just come here and, and be more free. I understand those people are going to do that, but if you actually want to see secession happen in your lifetime, it would actually help if you are a liberty-minded person. I, I don't want anybody that doesn't care about liberty to come here because you don't have to care about liberty to support secession, as has it's been proven true, by yeah. the California uh, secessionists. But if you care about liberty and you want to see secession, you want to have a chance at freedom, you should get to New Hampshire and help us make this possible. Help us get more state reps elected who aren't going to come up with lame-ass excuses as to why they won't support this. There was one uh, free stater who sent me an email today, because I emailed all the state reps yesterday about uh, the independence bill. And one of them, who I believe to be a free stater, wrote me back with this pretty weak ass excuse as to why he wouldn't support this um basically because no one from his district had called him to just people support it.
2: who weren't from his district that he said were quote involved in this it's just like oh okay my voice doesn't matter to you
0: right and so even though all this yeah. would do would be to simply allow the people to vote on this he still said he wasn't going to support it so
2: lame
9: pretty lame Um uh, well, but- well just wait until they just Call you guys all racist Confederates?
2: Oh yeah, they're calling us us racist (laughs) insurrectionists. Yeah, that
0: that already uh, happened months ago. But what were you calling about tonight, Evan?
9: Yeah, so I am. um, So I could actually be uh, of assistance. So I have this uh, this whole plan that I've been working on for years, where I'm I'm an artist and I'm writing a book right now, and (laughs) it's going to sound crazy. But I know their one weakness that we can we can exploit to take over the world and I'm working on this art project but I'm looking for other people that think the same way we do to, to help me because the idea is I want to start a show and then uh, I already have the whole thing written. So like and what kind of show? World, you said you want to start a show, like a fictional show? It's a science fantasy, uh, science fiction fantasy like cartoon. Okay. But it's uh, definitely for adults.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
9: It's very violent. But (laughs) my plan is that um, it's in a perfect world. It'll be extremely popular. And then when it has its peak viewership, uh, we're going to cut the feed and then make. All the viewers have to watch a bunch of uh, uh, videos of our politicians being caught red-handed doing all this evil stuff, like the video of Anthony Fauci basically admitting that he created the coronavirus in 2019 on C-SPAN.
6: Hmm. But couldn't
2: I they just know. turn it off
1: I was yeah. going to say, I, I think that
2: I would just be like, what's going on? And turn it off if my favorite TV show is doing that.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't know how well that's going to work. And if you're talking about the show would be on some sort of a broadcast network, you wouldn't be able to just cut the feed. Uh, that That's not going oh, to do work. It just that things don't work that way. It would be well, online. Y- y- yeah. Okay.
2: What yeah. is the one weakness that they have that you said you know about?
9: Well, the one weakness is that they control you with the television and they control the culture and all of that, so you can use it against them.
0: Hmm. It just seems strange that you would spend so much time developing a creative television series or for YouTube or or Odyssey or wherever, you know, whatever video platform we're talking about, some sort of video series, only to just break into the middle of it with random footage of uh, boring politicians. I I don't that just it seems like a lot of effort to go through. Why not just put messages of freedom into the plots?
9: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Well, well, there is that as well. Mm. Okay.
2: See, I think that would be a great
9: well, idea. It, I mean, I I I'm not going to talk about it because I'll talk about it for like six hours if I tell you what it is. But it's just if anybody knows anybody who's an artist or wants to would be interested in working on a project. I mean, I'm trying to start my own business around it and all that. Mm. I've been writing this story since I was 14. Oh wow! And I started putting it into. Uh, Actual like book format this year, and I okay. have for the first like forty pages written. And I've showed it to a bunch of different people, and they were all like, "Oh my god!" They they said it was like the greatest thing they ever saw, they ever read. But I mean, everybody says that about every, every book. They
0: so read. you uh you said you you yourself are, are an artist. so You're looking for more artists, or you're just the writer?
9: I I'm, I'm both. Okay. I I actually um see. Well, I, I still am pretty crazy, actually. But back in 2013, see, I was a big fan. I, w- I was like super into the Alex Jones and all that. Mm-hmm. And he had a film contest, and I actually made a, a I made a cartoon movie for it. Mm-hmm. Of course, the contest was bogus, and I, I, I doubt they even looked at it. But I made like a twenty-minute long cartoon.
0: <laughs> I remember Jones like had a, a movie hours. contest and he picked a winner. Maybe I'm thinking of a different one or something like that. But I do remember there being something like that, and and they did choose a winner. I I, I presume the winner got the the potential prize or whatever it was supposed to be. Do a lot you guys those have
2: sweepstakes are fake? I think.
0: Do you guys have any suggestions for Ammon as far as how he could reach other libertarian art types?
2: I'm not sure. Maybe like Telegram groups or something like that. Yeah, Telegram groups. Um, I don't know if you need them to be specifically in New Hampshire. Yeah, New I think Hampshire, you would need a
0: specific idea, right? Maybe like you sell...
2: Can't just uh, what is um, that guy Freedom from Cells? Texas? Freedom Cells?
0: Freedom Cells might be a good place to start. Um, but that's an Freedom excellent Bill. question. Freedom Cells. I believe it's .org. It's been a little while since I've checked their site. They have groups. But the Freedom Cells groups, there is a national one, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. So that might be the a good place to jump into. It's just basically a Telegram chat room uh, there are local freedom cells as well that they they have, but I would try in the na- the national room. You know, introduce yourself, talk about the ideas you have, maybe put forward some of your previous work so they can link to it and see that you're you know the real deal. Um, and that's uh, I think that might be a good place to get started. Yeah,
9: and the, the the advice about the the bus thing actually was was really good that you gave me last week as well. I'm actually going to go to my mechanic tomorrow he he offered to just hang out with me and show me buses
0: Mm -hmm. nice yeah it is freedomcells.org i believe that is the correct site so good luck and emin thanks for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you Uh, The number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's 603-283-6160. And don't forget, you can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com, where we have our chat server. You can go to chat.freetalklive.com, and that'll give you the step-by-step instructions as to how to get onto our Matrix server, which is a server that we run. We're the ones running that server, and that means we set all the policies. And policies are you can do what you want basically. Head over to chat.freetalklive.com and yeah the freedom cells website freedomcells.org. I'm not sure I think you have to create an account to get into like where the freedom cells are and how to join. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, phones are open. You can join us here at 603-283-6160. Maybe enough time for you if you dial in now. With you tonight, it's Ian.
2: It's Bonnie And Nikki.
0: Don't forget you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. And enjoy the features we have waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Coming up, uh, Nikki, you've got this story about this woman jailed wrongfully. I want to get into that. Also... We're going to go to the phones and your calls and thoughts. We've got Dave on the line in Michigan calling from Jackson, listening to WKHM. Go ahead, Dave.
10: Thank you for taking my call. I'm in Michigan here, and you guys are doing a good job there in uh, New Hampshire. Thank you. Wanting to succeed from the country. We would like to succeed over here from Gretchen Whitmer. We call her Big Gretch because she's huge. And she was the one that uh, was in the bar violating her mask mandates, uh, acting like a queen. And there's an attorney general named Dana Nessel, uh, her uh, uh, right-hand lieutenant there. And she went to a Michigan-Michigan state game and got drunk and was acting like a fool. (laughs) And we just want to know what we can do with these women once we... uh, succeed from the country, because I don't think anybody would want these women. We in Michigan call them the skank sisters. (laughs) (laughs) They are skanky, and we call her fat-ass Gretchen, and we call her drunk-ass Dana, because that is the truth, and that's the best I can do for the people of the state of Michigan. You go, and we will follow you. God bless you and stay safe. All right. Thanks for the (laughs) the call.
2: Inspirational. I I looked her up and (laughs) she didn't look that fat to me. So I looked up how tall she is and she's 5'8", which I mean is on the taller side for For a woman, woman. but... Doesn't look that fat.
0: I guess uh, you know a lot of people are upset with those politicians there in Michigan. I think Michigan. there's
2: a, a lot more to be upset with them about than how fat than they, they are.
0: look, yeah. The, uh, the term, of course, is secede, just to clarify. A lot of people misstate it as succeed. Uh, you can succeed at seceding, <laughs> but secession is a different word than succeed. Anyway, uh, let's get into your story, sure. Nikki. You've got something about a woman going to jail wrongfully, which hasn't yes. it's happened before. Now it's happened again.
1: Woman was jailed for 13 days before police realized they had the wrong person. Oops. A California woman is suing Los Angeles and its police department because she said she was wrongfully arrested and jailed for nearly two weeks after being mistaken for another woman in Texas who shares her name. Wow. Wow. Another woman who doesn't even live in the same state. Yeah. Bethany Farber's ordeal became began in April when she was waiting to board a flight to Mexico at Los Angeles International Airport. Oh, no. And the TSA um, was told that she was wanted by authorities because they just saw her name and thought that she was the person with a warrant out for their arrest. Wow. According to a federal lawsuit filed Tuesday, TSA agents told Barber that there was a warrant out for her arrest in Texas, handcuffed her, and detained her before the Los Angeles Airport police arrested her. In the lawsuit, Farber says she repeatedly told authorities that she had never been to Texas and that she had been accused of a crime, but that she was jailed for 13 days without bail before police admitted that they had taken the wrong woman.
0: Wow. Are they going to pay her?
1: I doubt that. Well, I guess we'll, that's we'll the see point after lawsuit, we'll right? see after the lawsuit. So, according to the lawsuit filed in the US District Court for Central District of California, Farber's arrest and imprisonment violated her Fourth Amendment rights, duh, because she was detained without probable cause. Authorities did not do the bare minimum to confirm (laughs) her identity, the lawsuit says.
0: Yeah, normally you would look at the person's birthday.
2: Yeah, I mean, she couldn't have all of that in common with this other person. I know, I doubt, I doubt that they had the
1: same birthday i mean that would be a huge coincidence right. or maybe if they had a photo of her or i don't know if they use like social i'm assuming they both have social security numbers i don't know if they'd use something yeah. like that but it just seems like there are so many things that could be done and did they have the same middle name too i don't know it's highly just...
0: unlikely yeah the odds that they have the same middle name are unlikely and the odds they have the same birthday are very unlikely yeah. so they, they clearly did absolutely nothing and they, even if they this, just glanced at this woman's name
2: even if this woman gets money for this she won't get like her trip to mexico what in what or if she was going for back. business uh like if it was like a business meeting right. in mexico she won't she get that back she won't get her two Ain't weeks a of her bad life back.
1: just to get arrested for some people like depending on yeah. what profession you're in even you if it was mistakenly job. you know there's just so many consequences of this thing that happened to her no. that can't be repaid
0: and you know who won't suffer consequences The TSA agents Mm -hmm. and the law enforcement from Los Angeles, they will suffer zero consequences for this. They will not have to pay a dime to her if she she does end up getting money. It'll be the taxpayers. taxpayers, And they won't even have to spend a single day off of work.
1: Yeah. Ridiculous. So uh, it goes on to say they could have easily checked her fingerprints um, they could have checked her driver's license, her social yeah. security number. There are Anything. numerous things that they could have done to prevent and avoid her ending up getting locked up in jail. Yep,
0: there's no excuse for this. It's just plain old bureaucratic um, incompetence.
2: Maybe they figured it out within a day or two and they were just like, Too wow, we did this? but Or they were they were trying to find what else they could hold her on. Mm. Like They were like, okay, l- we can't hold her for this. We gotta hold her for something else. Or something, because could I be. just can't imagine that they... It would
0: have taken 13 days. It would
2: have taken 13 days to find that out that wasn't the same woman yeah
1: that's absolutely insane and this isn't the first time something like this has happened i mean it's crazy that it happened because they both had the same name but people people are wrongfully imprisoned all the time
0: bonnie can we fix relationships that have been burned to the ground due to political differences is that is that even possible and is it even worth trying
2: it This from the Foundation for Economic Education says relationship counseling for politics. How to fix relationships that have been broken by political disagreements. Says if you've lost friends or family members over political disagreement in the last couple of years, you're not alone. According to a 2021 study by the American Enterprise Institute, a full 15 percent of adults have ended a friendship over politics. I feel like it should be higher than that. I know I have.
0: You personally ended it or the other person did?
2: um the other person did in 2016 we became friends again i said i don't even care about that that stuff anymore like who's president and all that stuff we became friends again and then just the stuff she posts now is just so horrible i just had to like unfollow her and not talk to her anymore it's just like pictures of like uh gravestones that said i just didn't want to get the vaccine because i didn't uh wanted to know more time you know things like that like oh you're gonna die if you don't get vaccinated things like that like you can't be friends with somebody like that so yeah i've ended it and she ended it
0: yeah see that's how i kind of feel about this is if somebody wants you dead (laughs) i don't know if that is someone you really want to be a friend with i mean there are a lot of other people you could be friends with that don't want you to die. Yeah. Yeah. Not relishing the idea of, oh my God, you didn't put a mask on, so now you are evil, incarnate, and you must perish. (laughs) Uh I mean, look, political arguments between people ultimately do, whether people realize it or not, have one side or the other coming down to the issue of they're willing to use violence against you. Mm. They don't agree. It's not just we agree to disagree. It's not only do we disagree but you, the statist, are willing to use violence against me, your supposed friend, for disagreeing with you. I, on the other hand, am not. I'm not willing to use violence against you because I'm a libertarian. I'm against the use of aggressive force. And I you know, I feel like this subject probably deserves a lot more discussion, so maybe we'll continue it tomorrow. But please, yeah, keep, you can keep going with, with some more from this, this story.
2: Well, it goes on and it gives different tips. So tip number one, talk about values. Good relationships are built on a bedrock of commonalities. It's hard to have a relationship with someone with whom you don't have anything in common. When you're discussing politics, talking about shared values rather than a specific policy position can help bring these commonalities to the fore and reestablish a joint connection with each other. The only problem with this is that most people today don't have actual principles no. and they just uh Not a shred. Say that they agree with one thing and then that same principle could apply Adversely to something else they believe.
0: Right. Look at all these warmongering leftists when it comes to the Ukraine situation. These people, the people on the left are supposed to be anti war, at least they were under Bush, but now all of a sudden it's okay to, you know, drop bombs on Russia or launch a nuke or shoot down Russian aircraft in, you know, whatever. It's absolutely insane. And the fact is, we don't share values with status. You know, we might like the same television shows. We might like the same football team. And for most people, that's what their friendships are based on that's what they start a conversation about. It's like, oh, well, you know, what'd you watch last night? Yeah, or... it's
1: very low-level, shallow relationships.
0: Right. I'm not saying politics isn't shallow. I mean, certainly politics but can be values, shallow, too. values and morals
1: and ethics. Because
0: with, po- with politics, it's usually just as shallow as Bonnie's pointing out, as red team, blue team. Um, I, I-, I want to talk further about this, so let's let's do more of it tomorrow night. Uh, Matt will be joining us, as long as we're still awake, yeah. after what's going to be a marathon day, it sounds like, at the state house. I'm hoping we can get a nap in tomorrow, because we're going to be up at like five in the morning so uh, we'll see you uh, online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com it's Freetalk live
4: all right it's another edition of the edgington post show today i have with me dr avery jackson who has uh, risen to uh, some level of stardom during this whole uh covid i hesitate to call it a pandemic i'm not i'm I'm not an expert on this but um this covid thing that's been going on dr jackson are you with me I am. Thanks, Mark. Now, I know you've got a book that's out right now, and I want to make sure that uh, people know about it. It's called The God Prescription. And you were working on this before um, COVID came out, right? That's
11: right. It's been a couple of years.
4: And... Um, I, I know that I want to get into the God prescription and what it's talking about here, but I, I think that first, probably everybody wants to talk about COVID and it seems like we're winding down, but now there's a few more deaths on the horizon. I just want to know what, uh, what, what you think about it all.
11: Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a real disease, but I think it's been really hyped up. I think that uh, had we and uh, gone with aggressive early treatment, our numbers of mortalities would really be down, um, and there's some good good uh, men and women across the country and world that are fighting for everyone's rights and fighting for the truth.
4: So what kind of early, um, what kind of things that could have been done differently? Because, I mean, these are interesting questions. We went through a president um, in, the, in that amount of time, you know, and things have uh, changed. Uh, obviously, they locked down the borders and did a bunch of
11: stuff. So what do you think they could have done differently? So a couple things. First of all, acknowledging the fact that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are amazing at treating uh, viruses in general um, and are extremely effective in treating uh, in COVID. And so that's something that really should have been done early on. We know that it was even on the, uh, the NIH approved list of treatments, but in hospitals was sidestepped for remdesivir and other meds. Um, early treatment, including uh, vitamin D, vitamin D3 at 5,000 to 10,000 units, uh, vitamin C, 2,000 units, uh, uh, zinc, 500 uh, milligrams, and then other meds, quercetin and, and other medications or other uh, nutraceuticals that basically just enhance and support the uh, body's immune system. You know, one of the big things, Mark, that people um, can kind of readily um, remember is the fact that no one talked about. The immune system, we talked about how we can bolster the immune system, but we didn't really talk about the immune system directly. That is to say, certain narratives didn't really share a basic understanding of how the natural immune system works against viruses and why we should support the immune system, as opposed to just kind of uh, throwing some, some data and pharmacy at the immune system.
4: So, um, when when we're talking about these uh, these treatments that uh, one might um, you know take on, I mean, uh, do you with with Omicron? It's hard to even know if you have it in many cases. So, are these just sort of things that people should be doing generally? Should we um, you know should we take some vitamin D? Should we have some ivermectin in the uh, uh, pantry? Exactly what should we do?
11: Sure. Okay. So, for those who have already been exposed to any of the variants of the uh, of the virus of the coronavirus, um, you now have natural immunity, and so what that simply means is that your immune system has been kind of built up and it's learned um, the basic structure and function of the virus. And so, as long as you're you're healthy, your immune system is going to do what its God given uh, abilities are. To destroy the virus. And what that means is, is that even though you've, you've caught the initial uh, virus, you may have a cold, a head cold for a day or two or fever, but then after that, it's going to quickly pass. And especially Omicron. Omicron is, uh, it's very contagious, but it's very mild. So it really is, uh, by all intents and purposes, um, one of the big uh, pieces of the puzzle to actually end the pandemic, which really was probably an endemic by now, in that everyone has the opportunity now or their immune systems have the opportunity to get uh, exposed to this virus and learn it and then uh, destroy it. And then uh, when seeing a subsequent virus, being able to handle it in the appropriate fashion.
4: So um, as far as the, the vaccine goes, and I know a lot of people um, are concerned with that. Um, when I look at the numbers, it seems like more people have died since the vaccine than before it now that could be a variety of different reasons it could be because everybody's being careful before the vaccine came out and then afterwards they were um you know upset about it i don't even know if it's a vaccine if it's proper to call it a vaccine since it's uh not a traditional vaccine uh, but that's the terminology they're using for it and now i see that deaths are on the rise in america um, looking at the cdc's site but um you know the my understanding of it is is that um, that, that COVID is basically run its course. And, um, so I wonder to myself, what are people dying from? I know that vex taking a vex, uh, vaccination is a medical procedure. And I know that it, uh, if it, I know it made me sick when I did it. So if it can make me sick, it could very well kill somebody who's in a weaker position. Um, do you have a position on this?
11: I have a very strong position when you, you, you mentioned about, um, why why are the deaths um, there and related to the vaccine or not? And a couple of points. First of all, I agree with you. Really, a vaccine to qualify in, in past terms to be considered a vaccine, it's undergone four to eight years minimum of safety data testing, and then it proves itself worthy of being something that is going to be efficacious and safe to the general public. Secondly, a vaccine has to perform at least uh, with a 55% efficacy to really be um, efficacious, to really right. function, to work well. And we, we know now that these quote-unquote vaccines have not done that. So they've really failed. And we knew this uh, uh, roughly about two to three months into this campaign that we really should have stopped the, the uh, administering the vac- the quote-unquote vaccines and that we should have gone into looking at the safety data and then safety reporting, one of my good friends, uh, Peter McCullough, who I've uh, presented with as well, uh, explained this nicely and, and what he was seeing uh, being actually on some of the boards of the, uh, of the NIH himself. So And then if we look at the cause of data I mean, the cause of death, I apologize what we're seeing is, number one, the, that the PCR was never intended to, uh, tr- to test the masses. And so as a result, we're seeing a lot of false positives. So if a person has uh, uh, any kind of uh, a coronavirus, which, by the way, the common cold and as is uh, one of the coronaviruses can cause that. It's been around for years. So a positive finding may not necessarily mean that you're that you are symptomatic and or infectious at all. Right. My doctor told me not
4: to get one of these tests. He said, don't don't even bother. They're not accurate
11: enough. Well, not only don't even bother, but the problem is, is that actually some have, have noted that the the test, uh, certain test kits and swabs have actually been deleterious to people's health. But, but secondly, the false positive rate's been high. So when you asked about the death rates that we've we've been seeing, well, people are dying of car accidents. People are dying of all kinds of different disease processes. But if they're tested positive for covid they will uh, include on the chart COVID being the diagnosis. So right. we're seeing an elevation in, in the number of, of COVID deaths, but that's really due to nomenclature. And that does not mean that the, the virus itself actually caused the deaths. Right. Lastly, as it relates to the hospitals, um, we know that early aggressive treatment works. And so 80, we believe that about 85% of people would have survived had they had early treatment in the first couple of days of symptoms. And then regarding the hospitals, I had to fight actually for a patient in the hospital uh, regarding these specific protocols, which, by the way, have been uh, promulgated across the entire U.S. at every hospital and institution. And these protocols, um, they, they have some, some data that they're using. But one of the things that we found is, is that uh, the amount of inflammation that occurs in the lung on that day seven through eight period in particular and beyond is a, kind of like a peanut allergy. And so we're using steroids, even in the protocols in the hospitals. Problem is though, it's like the amount of steroid being used to decrease that cytokine storm and inflammation to allow the, the lungs to actually absorb oxygen are have been uh, uh, very small. To put it in in layman's terms, the amount of steroid given in the hospital protocols is like taking a, a, a cup of water to put out a fire, uh, a, you know, a blazing fire of a house. I mean, you got to open up a water hose and really put that house, the, the, the fire out with the water. And so the amount of steroids, if you look at the Italian uh, literature and experience and the Brazilian, the amount of steroids is, uh, is, you know, multiple times more steroid to knock down that inflammation and now allow the person's lungs to absorb oxygen And that's been a huge problem in in the hospital. So many people are just being given supportive care along with a couple of medications, either antivirals or uh, complement immune mediators to decrease the, the inflammation. But oftentimes, it's just not enough. I know a lot of people are suffering
4: from long COVID. Have you uh, had any experience with uh, treating this? And is there is there anything that's looking promising on the horizon? I can I can say I'm suffering to some extent from long COVID. Yeah, so I've it's it's a, a, a interesting that that, that yeah.
11: terminology. So with long COVID, you know, the thought is is that the the spike protein also affects our mitochondria, which are going to be our energy. Kind of plants and each powerhouses one of, of the cells, as I've heard of them called. Exactly the energy. Yep, yep. So they're the ones that are making the energy, and so when the spike protein affects how much energy we're making in our cells, we're going to feel more fatigued. So our general recommendations are going to be uh, aggressive with uh, immune immune support is going to be important. Water. People have no idea. How important water is to our brain functioning and our entire body functioning. 85% roughly of brain is made up of water uh, in terms of weight, and about 60% of all of our entire body weight is really water. So, when you're um, in a situation where you've had an infection, you're losing a lot of inspired uh, uh, water through just breathing, and then with the infection and fevers, you're going to lose a lot more water and become dehydrated. Most people really need to be drinking about 66 ounces to 99 ounces of water per day. And that can really knock down the, the long COVID. Again, the, those uh, nutraceuticals that we're missing, people don't realize, but the vitamin D3 uh, in some populations, African-American population, for instance, and the Hispanic population, about 84% of people are extremely vitamin D deficient. And then those people who are not in in, in sunny areas are also missing vitamin D and that's a a, a huge uh, issue as it relates to the immune system and also the energy boost that we all need. Very good. Can you tell me about the God prescription your book? Sure. So if uh so people can go to www.thegodprescription.com and they can order the book for free and they'll just have to pay for shipping and handling. Our goal, my goal is to get this book into every hand in America to encourage them, and to show them God's perspective on science, because oftentimes we look at science as being the highest standard, and uh, and, and for those of us who are believers, we uh, see, you know, the Word of God oftentimes is secondary when we're in a physician's office. But in fact, I would challenge all the hearers that it's just the opposite. If God created everything, created the earth, he created our physical bodies from two cells old, at least I don't know if, if you know anybody out there that can take two cells of sperm and the egg and make 50 trillion cells that function perfectly. The God prescription talks about that. It talks about in 1 Thessalonians, the tripart human, which is that we are a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, and our emotion, and we live in a physical body. And so the point is, is that using scripture and science together, when we walk through these uh, the, the chapters in the book in depth, we talk about things like depression. We talk about things like how the brain works and perceptions in in physiologic terms. I'm a brain surgeon and I've been a brain surgeon now for 20 years. I've done about 10,000 surgeries, seen about 100,000 people. And so kind of mixing my perspective of science and also of the word of God is is kind of how that book came about about six years ago. And uh, it's really helpful. And last piece is, you know, in this day and age where we're looking at Uh, mass formation, mass psychosis, people are really getting uh, anxious. And they're getting anxious because oftentimes there's so much coming at them from so many different angles. And so the importance of this book and why I want this free book to be in everyone's hands is because it's going to be encouraging. There's a workbook and there's some other parts of it where I communicate um, with people on a weekly basis with with a video to encourage them, again, God's word and parallel to science.
4: Dr. Avery Jackson at thegodprescription.com. That's thegodprescription.com. Thank you for your time here today. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it.